Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Our five-year mission comes to an end as we wrap up our coverage on the final theatrically released Star Trek film, It's Star Trek Beyond, on Normies Like Us. I'm a soldier! You won the war! You gave us peace! Oh, Captain, we are basically standing on a very large bomb! Get the remainder of the crew to safety. Come on, let's go. Move. I am Jayla, and you are Montgomery Scott. Hi, Scotty. Come now, Montgomery Scotty. You heard it up top. We have boldly gone. It's over. Our mission comes to an end. Because that's right, we're talking the final. Only one left. That's right. It's the final theatric release Star Trek motion picture number 13 here for now. Star Trek Beyond for now. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Uh, with your host, potentially. With your host, uh, this is Kalinov, like Chekhov. I finally remember that I'm Bones Mike Coy. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, one last time, Commander Jock. At your service. Live long and prosper, normies. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. We've we've gone above and beyond, I think, with this series, covering every theatrically released Star Trek movie plus Galaxy Quest. It's been quite the journey um, we've been on. Uh, And yeah, it's a little bittersweet to be here, but excited to talk about this movie and kind of reflect upon uh, our one and a half year mission, as it were. Uh, coming wow <laughs> yeah shout out to uh to lieutenant jock here who, who mm-hmm. pitched um changing our old format and going to this sort of long form um study of these films and, and pitching yeah. star trek as our first it was a mm-hmm. great pick uh well if I'm you remember so Normies, we mm-hmm. you know we've done these movie series but we used to do them all in a row so we did lord of the rings uh harry potter harry star potter. wars etc but those would take up you know two to three months of time so now we do one at the end of each month makes a lot of sense so maybe we'll keep yeah. doing that uh and we'll talk about that right Ooh. yeah yeah exactly now that this is wrapping up we got to figure out where we're going to go again for kind of wages await yeah exactly mm-hmm. stay um, tuned we just we'll stay in uh tip top ship shape you know what i mean so <laughs> wow. stay locked in everybody and we'll figure that out but uh Guys, how are we feeling, you know, after 13 asterisk 14 of these movies, you know, Colin, you know, as someone we had to bring into the Star Trek deep lore, like now you're Yes, saying, that's right. <laughs> yes, that is so true. Was not a Trekkie when this podcast started, was not a Trekkie when COVID started, so <laughs> to really date us, uh, but here I am. Uh, you know, I told you guys I just ordered my first Star Trek t-shirt. Like, I, I feel a fully feel you're a like convert. a trekkie i'm a yeah. convert um and there's some of these like oh, spoiler we, we put our list together we'll talk about these best films here you know yeah. do this for a year and a half literally i looked at one of these films i was like do i know what happens in this film oh sure <laughs> yeah so, you know it's Wonder it's if been that was a fun TNG but yes film we're already out of here TOS. well maybe maybe yeah we were we'll somewhat of a a hmm. fan of the TOS uh, movies, hmm. right? Before, beforehand, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. To to really bring it back to my history, I had seen some of those uh, uh, as a young man, and then we talked about my um, 
my happenstance of without being a Trekkie, still seeing a lot of those TNG films in theaters when they were originally released. And then, of course, uh, the trilogy we were putting a little cap on today. I have very fond memories of seeing this film in particular in theaters uh, that I think we'll get to. We'll, we'll talk about, but uh, mm. I'll throw it back to you guys. Uh, Mike, how, how has this journey been for you as we trek through the truck? Truck through truck. the stars? We truck. star truck? Star truck. Yeah, what's the yeah. past oh. tense of truck? We truck. Yeah, we have truck long and hard <laughs> for this. We've trucked for the listeners and for ourselves. Um, I I really enjoyed this. I think giving them a month to breathe. There were a couple when I was doing my rankings, and we're going to give you our, our rankings, you know, top top rankings at the end of the episode, so stay tuned. But I did have to look up a couple, too, where I was like, what did happen here? What is this? <laughs> Some names like The Final Frontier <laughs> wow. and The Undiscovered Country. I'm like, am I getting confused on which is yes. which? Uh, so yes. we'll do those rankings. But it's been really 100%. fun. And They're confusingly you know, named, yeah. Yeah, so. which is great. <laughs> But uh, with Strange New Worlds just wrapping up, like I've never been more happy to be into Star Trek and now Lower Decks coming. And it's just been cool to kind of just complete this as a fan. Like it's like almost like a, you know, like a pilgrimage of sorts, you know, and uh, what what is like God need with a podcast, you know, but I don't know. But yeah, I made one for you to listen to. So, yeah, Jacob, how are you feeling after the end of this? Well, you know, it's bittersweet. Um, I originally wanted to do this because. You know, we were at the end of our last... Well, we did Transformers, right? Before this was the, what we did, <laughs> Incredibly. right? We've only covered yeah. the best. Of, right. What do you yeah. mean? Of course, of course. we've done Our best performing episodes that That's right. I don't want to do right. more on YouTube, of, but we might have to do more Cursed. of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to do this idea because I literally just wanted to watch all the Star Trek movies by myself anyway. So I was like, if I can loop this in and make it a podcast thing, then mm. that gives me an excuse to actually do it. Um, so yeah, I'm happy that we did it. Cause the, you know, revisiting a lot of these movies, it's been fun, you know, the ups and downs of the franchise over the years. Uh, and you know, I, I'm a huge star Trek fan. Now, a few years ago, I was like, Colin, I really became a, a, a convert you know, maybe a, uh, maybe a little earlier than Colin a few years earlier, but still, you know, even back in like when this movie came out 2016, I was not really the Star Trek fan that I am today. So, um, and, you know, discovering kind of deep space nine, watching that kind of really converted me, uh, into a hardcore Trekkie, I guess you could say. Uh, and, you know, I have mixed feelings about the Kelvin, uh, series, uh, but we'll talk about it and I'm excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, I think we're all kind of in the same boat, you know, bittersweet, but we're very excited to talk about this film. So I think it's time we get into gear uh, and, uh, yeah, drift on over into uh, the main segment where we're going to talk about the director, a little bit of the background of this film, and our review. Uh, full spoiler, by the way, so red alert for that. And we'll catch you on the other side, Normies, right after this. We're back uh, here on Normies Like Us. We're talking the third theatrically released um, Star Trek film in this trilogy. That's right. We're, we're wrapping up sort of the Kelvin timeline, the J.J. Abram verse. That's right. It's Star Trek Beyond. Um, I did ask you guys last time. We talked about Into Darkness, the very literal addition to the Star Trek title. I have to ask you guys here, Jacob, Star Trek Beyond. Mm. 
Well, Beyond, you know, it's not the worst title. Beyond is a common, you know, you have your Batman Beyond. I feel like it's oh, a common sure. thing. You, you can have put your on rises, things. you have your Beyonds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it also reminds me of uh, the DS9 episode, Far Beyond the Stars, which is a great mm. episode about Holodeck racism. One, right? uh, this is the one where uh, 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 Cisco's having hallucinations and he he's, uh, yeah. you know, believes that he's a 1950s sci-fi That's right. Incredible, incredible, yes, yes, incredible yes. episode. One of the best yeah, episodes episode. of any Star yeah. Trek show. Um, Fabulous. And directed by uh, Cisco as well. So Avery Brooks. Uh, Avery Brooks. Um, oh, no. So far beyond the stars, we are going today, Star Trek Beyond. But what nice. do you guys think of the title? Uh, I like it more. I, I A little generic. I, a little generic, but I think it does evoke the idea of exploring unknown regions the next era stepping beyond right the threshold so like it's simple yeah. but it, it's not terrible i think even star trek generations was at one point called star trek beyond so oh okay um, yeah it was one of the titles they were thinking of using but um yeah we're talking star trek beyond 2016 change uh, of directors this time little change of that's right shake it so up a little bit we're yeah. finishing J. J. up J. abrams but jj yeah. less J.J. Mm-hmm. Less, he's still a producer on this one, but he turned down the opportunity to direct this movie because he was working on a little movie you might have heard of called Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Disney had him on that indie reboot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, screw this Trek. I'm going to the wars. Yeah. Uh, the Star Wars. Um, but he stayed on as a producer, kind of overseeing, you know, this project. And originally... Mm-hmm. uh Roberto Orchi was going to direct this film and write it. If you remember, he is one half of the Kurtzman Orchi screenwriting mm-hmm. partnership. Now we've we've complained about Alex trust. Kurtzman many times uh, right. on this podcast. Currently, the sort of Kevin Feige of Star Trek today, Alex Kurtzman is, but his partner mm-hmm. Roberto Orchi may be less known, but uh, was originally going to direct this uh, movie. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't realize that. And we are going to have yeah. the uh, the Wrath of Cobb again in this. So we're going to get a little bit of trivia up here. But That's there is right. sure to be some stuff That's that we're right. going to cover. Uh, that One last time. Right. Yeah. I um, think, is it because of the Dark Universe rising, Jacob? Does the mummy and Alex mm. Kurtzman's involvement with that and Roberto Orchi by association, does that stop him from making this film? Could be. I think... So this was in development. He was writing and was going to direct... Uh, however, he was then uh, sort of, they kind of changed directions. They're like, this script's not really working. Let's go another way. So he became a producer only. Um, then they had a short list of different directors. And one of them was this guy who is mainly known for, of course, the Fast and the Furious franchise. I'm talking Justin Lin mm-hmm. uh, signs on to do this. His first movie since uh, his first movie, uh, Better Luck Tomorrow. Oh, um, right he then went on, would go on to do, you know, multiple uh, fast, uh, fast and the furious movies. But this is his first movie since that movie. That's not a fast and the furious movie. So really branching out from saying, see you later, Vin Diesel. I'm going to work on star Trek. Uh, and the script coming was back to Vin written. Diesel saying goodbye again to Vin Diesel. Yes. <laughs> Currently he most recently, of course, dropped out of the production of fast X. Uh, clearly he was tired of Vin Diesel's bullshit. And, well, uh, maybe yeah. the smartest mm-hmm. man in Hollywood had his lawyers write up a pay-to-play contract that literally once production started, Vin could not interfere with the script anymore. And if he does, mm. I'm allowed to get walked. 
I'm allowed to walk and get paid sure. for both films. Yeah. And wow. that's what he did. So. And there was genius. <laughs> there was some social media post with Dominic trying to look like they were not Dominic. Well, I can't, they're the same person. Vin, the same person. Yeah. It was Dom. <laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel right. and Dominic. Dom inhabiting Vin. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> so they look like a hostage situation. Like, look, yeah. like, we're having fun. We're having, we're having great like, fun here. <laughs> it's like, no. And Justin yeah. Lin's like, yeah, totally. Get me out of yes. Here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So the writing was um, on the wall. But a uh, fan of Justin Lin's work, I do want to shout out, like I did a little bit of research because I can always, I always forget the name of Better Luck Tomorrow, which has apparently the same Han that is in the Fast and the Furious. It's a connected right. universe. Um, but when he was in UCLA, he did a independent film he co-directed that starred John Cho called uh, Shopping for Fangs. So there's a John Cho Yo! connection here too. So yeah. I don't know if that was okay. going to be your trivia. Sorry if it was, but I wanted to. That's, no, that I wasn't. That. Um that's that's yeah that's cool to so know six degrees um, of separation clues for you yeah. right and so with this new direction they're going in Orchie also dropped out as writer so this movie was written by of course simon Pegg and doug jung who i'm not really familiar with but simon Pegg obviously plays scotty in these movies uh given the power to write this movie which is kind of something we haven't really seen since the of course the jonathan frakes of tng directing and um you know shatner and nimoy each having their turns at directing the original films yes. um so Your here we get a Star cast Trek member franchise yeah. is not legitimate if the creative input isn't coming from someone who wears the star trek costume yes, yes. <laughs> that's right Oh, and I forgot Imagine to mention it. Brett Spiner, of course, co-wrote uh, Nemesis, course. our favorite. Oh, right, oh right, right. of course. <laughs> oh, man. Incredible. Um, um, go, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Prince. I was going to say, yeah, Simon Pegg writing this movie. What do you guys what think? If James Doohan got a chance to rewrite one of those other Star Trek <laughs> movies. Like, hey, keep right. engineering. Hey, I would have really liked that, dude. Here's what I think. You know, yeah. um, on this podcast... And look, I think Mike and I are both guilty of recently saying that we like Strange New World Scotty better than Simon Pegg Scott. Yeah. yeah. On this podcast, we can be a little critical of what Simon Pegg has sort of like the persona he's taken now, which is the Hollywood, you know, just sort of like other guy. When he's Benji, when he's Scotty in these films, I don't think he's particularly at his best. But when I was a young man and I fucking remember being Space. like 13, skipping a school dance, seeing Shaun of the Dead for the first mm. time, going home, being like, that blew my mind. My dad ordering me the spaced DVDs that I still yes. fucking have and just mm-hmm. burning through those. And you know, like you like Edgar Wright has catered a very specific style that I think you associate all that stuff with him as the primary creative where he's sort of taken like the Wes Anderson tweeness and like exponent it to like a hundred where like, instead of like the staticness of Wes Anderson, it's actually the kineticness, Mm -hmm. but also in this like weird hyper-realistic way that's kind of Anderson like, but I think people go like, well, that means Edgar Wright's a genius and you forget the stuff that it's like, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are credited writers on Shaun of the Dead. They're credited writers on Creators on Space. Mm-hmm. Like they were the right. creative guys behind it. And I I love this guy so much that I'll say the most heinous thing on the planet, Jacob. I like the movie Paul 
is fucking E.T. Oh, sure, the alien parody movie. film oh, wow. that yeah. I believe people hate just because Seth Rogen is the voice actor for the alien, sure. which will age poorly because Seth Rogen is primarily a voice actor now. So, like, yeah. that is how he will be remembered, people. You're right. He's got right. an iconic voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, laugh, Donkey Kong. Yes. Yeah, I love Peg. I love that he writes this. No, yeah, I, was, I do, too. Obviously, I know he's a fan him, anyway, so I heard that, yeah. and it's like, okay, we have someone who actually gives a shit. It was pretty clear that Abrams was not a fan of Star Trek. He was public in saying that. Like, I'm not really a Star Trek fan. I'm trying to reinvent it, right? So I yeah. was like, these are not going to be great. So when Peg is a fan, I'm like, finally, maybe we'll get a decent one. So I was off the yes. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, they go back a long ways. They're, you know, good friends along with Nick Frost and everything, that creative team, like you're saying. And Simon Pegg, he's a good, uh, you know, writer. He just was also a, a, a in front of the camera performer, and he kind of mm-hmm. shined doing that. So, um, but, you know, he's, he's a creative guy. Um, I do feel like in this movie and maybe in the other movies, he does... Like having seen Mission Impossible three or the, the the Mission Impossible so recently, I'm like, there's a lot of Benji in his Scotty that I feel there's like there's a yeah. lot of yeah. Benji in his Scotty. The most different he's been is like what movie or he was like some superhero's dad in what was it? The Boys. The Boys. Yeah. Yes. And that's like yeah. the most different of a character I've seen. It's like yes. that's so anti Benji and Montgomery. He was but. Boimler's dad, right? But I would yes. also argue he was Boimler's dad. I would also <laughs> argue, Incredible. Jacob, because you're really making me think about this now. His take on Kirk is kind of like, well, this guy's Ethan Hunt. Like he, like he right, puts his yeah. life in danger and like rides above a motorcycle. The crew. Good friend. And he rides a motorcycle, and you're like, oh, okay, that's that's really. There's literally dude. there's some scenes in this movie where he's like doing something on the computer, and I, it's like that's Benji. He's just Benji. And with he's the radioed back. into the captain, going like, you've yeah. only got like ten more seconds. Uh, you put me a break. I've got to do this. Oh, but yeah, witty thing. I'm hitting the thing now. And you're like, Oh yeah. Yes, of course. So anytime, Mr. Scott. Yeah. Holy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's so Ethan. Yeah. Ethan Hunt should say beam me up in the final film. (laughs) Right. Chris Pine should be in a uh, mission impossible. That would be awesome. Yeah. Honestly, it's all just been a, it's a, it's been all the temporal cold war thing that we have to send Ethan Hunt back to do all this stuff. Um, Um, but yeah, bad robot. i co-wrote this film i like you know i like him and everything so let's jump into what is this movie about well first of all i want to say there's a sort of a different direction this movie goes into than the first two in this franchise um kind of getting away from the angle that they you know abrams was going for in a more standalone adventure kind of way right we're away from the enterprise for the not the enterprise but the uh we're away from starfleet for the most part we're Mm -hmm. away from the legacy sort of from the enterprise yeah, yeah. yeah um, it's kind of going back to basics. I think, you know, Kirk yeah, has a line where basics. he straight up says, you know, we've been out here for three years. Things have started to feel episodic, like calling attention directly yes. to the point that yes. this is going to be a standard little Trek kind of story. And I but like you can that. kind of see the new direction and everything from the production design, the costuming. Um, it's all I just got to say, like, I like it better than the first two, the Abrams mm-hmm. directed movies. Like I love the costumes in this movie. I love the way it's filmed. The lens flares are gone. The excessive shaky cam is gone. Like it's filmed yes. like more like a standard traditional uh, Star Trek movie, if you will. And it's yeah. getting away from the, you know, the first two movies were kind of obsessed with the, the legacy of Star Trek. Having the second one be- dealing with Khan, obviously first yes. one, literally having Spock, like literally yes. <laughs> yes. this one. They're like, let's yes. do a whole new story. We'll keep the same cast, but just, 
We're not going to reference any old movies. It's going to be a totally new adventure, right? Yeah, we don't have we another should villain. should say Chang not coming back, right? We're not just doing that. Right? Yeah, exactly. The reception to Into Darkness was miserable. Now, right. we listed off in that episode, Jacob, I think you said like six different films that have the, it was all part of the plan scene. Yes, but the for villain some reason, getting caught on purpose, yeah. People really seem to be like, no, but Into Darkness is the one I hate for doing it. And you're like, oh, okay. And the the and when you said that, you know, switching from Roberto Orci and all these shifts and pivots, it really does seem like, and this is three years later, which... It seems like they always took too long between these movies when making these sequels, but it seems like yeah. they they really said to themselves this time, this we need to figure this out and let's really sit down and say to ourselves, what is a Star Trek movie? What's a way to make it different from the last Star Trek movie? Right. And it's really is a back to basics kind of approach. And this episode almost feels like it's or this movie almost feels like it could be an episode of a show mm-hmm. just extended. Now, you might say, well, Jacob, isn't that what you complained about with the TNG movies feeling like a longer episode <laughs> of the show and you liking First Contact more because it had movie stakes? Well, yes. Um, but I think after <laughs> the last two Kelvin movies, it's very refreshing just to have a a standalone episodic adventure featuring this cast. It's just, it's just fun, right? Yeah. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's, it's fun. Yeah. No. And this is coinciding like with the year, I think the release of this with like the 50th anniversary of Star Trek in general. Wow. So it's really like a back to basics uh, approach here. And I, I, I do enjoy this movie a lot. Like I think it's the best of the, this trilogy. You'll have to wait to hear my other yeah. rankings, but I really liked it. And I think honestly, if it would have been, Star Trek 2009, and then this was the sequel, and Into Darkness never happened, or they just had a different third movie. This is a great sequel to that first yeah, movie. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Well, this is my complaint, kind of, my, ma- my main complaint about this movie, not that I don't like it, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good movie, but it's not a good ending the franchise movie. No. But, and if this is the last movie that we get with this cast which is seeming more and more likely every year that that's the case mm-hmm. yeah i don't it, it's not a good way to sum up this franchise it's more like a a middle like right a middle it should installment have been the second I, right yeah mm-hmm. i love you saying that because i was really thinking about and considering that the entire time i was watching this film this time jacob and what made me feel kind of good about this franchise's future or what could have been its future is you got to figure the guy who's wearing the costume and on set every day has a pretty good pulse on if these people want to come back and do another one. And if he's writing this as being open ended at the end, that to me says that all those people really did kind of have a good time making these movies. Yeah, that's true. And this one was meant to be open ended because there were talks on a fourth movie, which I will get into towards the end of this episode because I did some research. It's just interesting the different iterations that the fourth Kelvin movie has gone through mm-hmm. in the years since this movie's release. Uh, so every, we'll talk every about year that. Or so you, you catch a new rumor or something. Yeah, it's a, a weird start stop. So it'll be interesting to kind yeah. of explore. A that. lot of what people have gotten a good paycheck developing a fourth. <laughs> oh, sure. <movie>. Yeah. <laughs> so God bless people that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. For something that probably won't get made. Yes. But, um, yes. <laughs> but regarding the you. cast, um, you know, they originally signed a three picture deal. The main cast did. Mm. Um, Kirk and uh, Spock, Quinto and Pine, I do, do believe renegotiated for a fourth film, but they were in process of negotiation as, as, as recently as February of 2022. But 
that deal has since right. sort of fallen apart. So we'll talk about that later. You got to pay Zoe Saldana. Wow. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Hey, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Richest but uh, with this movie, Absolutely. I want to talk about also the design, right? The the costumes. It's all Ooh. a more traditional uh, TOS approach. And also having just seen, of course, Strange New Worlds. It's reminded me a lot of that. Uh, and it's getting away from the radical changes of the first two Kelvin Mood is what do you guys think? I the uh, yeah, we get a really cool cold open. We'll talk about it in a second. That's kind of like the into darkness where we're kind of jumping right into things. Yeah. But when the camera pans up and we see the yellow shirt on Kirk doing some sort of ambassadorial stuff, you know, he's 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 giving a speech, he's you know, connecting with people. It's like you guys said. I mean, it's, I hate to keep reiterating what we're saying, but this is the first time where I'm like Oh wow, they're gonna let him be Captain Kirk in this movie? Wow, yeah. they're finally letting Chris Pine play Captain Kirk? That's so cool. Like I, I right. thought that this time. Mm-hmm. He finally feels like a captain. And when he sits in the chair great. later, a uh, big spoiler alert, but in the yeah. old ship, he is sitting how Kirk really sits. Like yeah. he is finally inhabiting right. the role. I have so Even much his hair, about that. Yeah, his hair, he has a longer hairstyle that's like kind of quaffed, and I'm just like, man, this he's is like a should have curled it. Yeah. I wish they would have given us the green shirt right. at one point, but uh, yes. you know, but this uh, it's a great look. Um, it's it's great to see him being a captain, and we get scenes that feel like they're out of not directly copying like Into Darkness would do, but it's like in spirit, like when he has a drink with Bones, and he's like, you know, it's I'm a year older than my dad would have been. What the hell is life about? Like this reflecting on your place yes. in Starfleet, and like that's very much that's TOS very era movie con. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was noticing, I mean, the big themes of like, so obviously Kirk and Spock are both kind of having their own existential crises of like, what am I doing? You know, we've been out here for three years. I don't know. It's kind of, I'm kind of getting over it. Don't really know what I'm doing. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, Kirk is ready to uh, leave and and become a vice admiral at at Yorktown and stuff. And then we find out Spock is ready to leave. Yeah, so it's like and he gets devastating news as the real life tragic passing of Leonard Nimoy. He gets this news yes, in the beginning. He finds of the out film. Ambassador Spock has died, the old mm-hmm. Spock that came back from the future. Um but yeah, Kirk, I mean it's very reminiscent of the early scenes of Wrath of Khan where where that wow. Kirk is kind of, you know, deciding do I want to, you know, s- stay at a desk job kind of or do I want to go back to being a captain? Right? It's a better Wrath of Khan remake than Into Darkness was. And we'll get yes, <laughs> it 100% is. We talked about in that last episode how I said yeah. they can do beat for beat, but if they're not doing the themes, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where Wrath of Khan is Genesis, life, aging, death. And whereas this film constantly has characters asking themselves, can the world leave you behind? Like, can you just be like left behind by like going out yeah. into space for three years? Not taking that job you want, breaking up with that girl you should have stayed with, mm-hmm. being a space alien whose federation has gone on without him and changed. Like, right. it's yeah. like they sure, are incorporated yeah. in every level. And again, you're going like, oh, Simon Pegg likes Star Trek. It's like exactly yeah. what Mike said, where you're like, yeah. oh, wait, this guy likes Star Trek. That's great. It's we need that. Yeah. You even see subtly like Sulu, like he 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 meet his partner and his daughter and it's like he's been in space for years while this kid has grown up like he's sacrificing a lot too everybody on the ship is like what right left behind or whatever yeah that's a good point colin that's it's also interesting by the way Mm. oh oh that's Doug jung 
Wow. Okay. What a great that makes camera. a lot of sense. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, what, well, I think it's interesting because Kirk, obviously, he's not as old as Shatner was by the movie time. So he's, he's a little young to be doing the like, am I ready to like retire from being a captain? But it kind of works because they've been on this deep space mission. So they've been doing the same thing, like you said, episodic over and over. And he kind of feels like, could I be doing more with my life at this point? Like, what have I really accomplished? Um, mm-hmm. But then, of course, he realizes that he loves being a starship captain. And it also goes back to, like, generations when when Shatner Kirk is telling Picard, like, never let them, like, take you out of the chair. Like, that's that's everything. God. So, but I've again, loved done... watching all these movies. Uh, yeah. Wow, especially because I, I first time I watched Beyond, I didn't have all that information at the ready. And just seeing yes. right. it being exercised, and it's doing it, like, naturally. None of it's forced with, like, Wrath of Khan or, you know, Into Darkness. Like, it's... Yeah. evoking those themes and those ideas without just hitting over the head with it. So it's a kind of more mature than Into Darkness. And at the same time, I feel like it's it's more of an ensemble piece where the crew mm-hmm. really gets to do more of their own thing here, yes, more than just Kirk and Spock, Bones, and you know everyone's got a yeah. little something to do on once they kind of crash land on this planet and everything, getting it, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, but um, they get split up and everyone kind of has their role. But let's talk about like you know, going into this movie, like you said, mm-hmm. Kirk is like talking to these aliens, doing a diplomatic thing. And what is a um, typical Star Trek courtroom, which is always a pit that you're at the bottom yeah, of. It's, it's larger than like life. Right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Alien yeah. pillars around you. Yeah. People yeah, are giving crazy speeches you know, and you're like, like yes, yes. <laughs> of course, there's this yeah. very funny sight gag of these aliens that are really far away. And then when they get closer, you realize that they're very small. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Funny stuff. Yeah, Charlie, and cute. Yeah. And so Enterprise at this point, like you said, has been on this deep space mission three yes. years into a five-year mission. Um, well, and they're going to visit – yeah. Well, just real quick, we cut to a great gag of him pulling the shirts out. That's where he says episodic. We're seeing this. The one thing I don't buy in Chris Prine's performance – and I want to litigate this real quick because this okay. is my big question before we keep going. When he walks by that woman in this montage of giving that speech and she kind of gives him the head nod – you just kind of feel like maybe this Kirk is so bored because he's fucked everyone on this <laughs> ship now. Sure. Right, and right. Yeah. That's so different than what I kind of the piece that I have come to, I really can't get over Paul Wesley's performance in Strange New Worlds where he says that thing about how he has an on and off again with Carol and she's pregnant, so it's kind of good right now. Like that to me mm-hmm. cemented who Captain Kirk is so much that he is just this jovial, nothing bothers him. But sadly, his life is all about the mission in a way where I'm not positive that I can buy this sort of monotony obsessed, you know, downer Kirk. And I wanted to ask you guys, hmm. where are you now? Who, who's, who's your better Kirk performance? Ooh. Well, I mean, I still like Chris Pine a lot. Paul yes. Wesley, I definitely like him so far as a younger Kirk before he's been made captain. Uh, that's really working for me. So it's it's hard for me to compare. I mean, with Spock, it's easy because I already put Ethan Peck over Zachary Quinto. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Zachary Quinto. But um, yeah, yeah Kirk, it's still a lot this closer This film for cements me. it. Zachary Quinto yeah. is terrible in this movie. But <laughs> yeah. Mike, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Paul Wesley is able to explore... Uh, areas of Kirk's life that we've never seen before or like a stage in his life. So he's he's mm. getting to do a little bit of different stuff. So there's less weight on his shoulders, I think, than to be the Kirk yeah. captain of the Enterprise. But I 
I'm split because I do really like Ethan Hunt Kirk here with Pine. I ripped my shirt again. Like that, that there's some very funny I things mean, in this. I mean, he yeah. he literally was Jack Ryan. Like this is Jack Ryan. Right. I cannot. I do think this is. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I do think this is my favorite Chris Pine Kirk movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. And yeah. he did 100% dial back the woman eye. Like he gives a glance and a head nod, but he's not like, he's not having a three to yeah. people. There's, this film has no gratuitous nudity, which yeah. thank yes. God for that. Thank you. One, well, one last thing yeah. I wanted to point out though, real quick differences in these worlds. And I, have we ever talked about this before? I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you guys. I don't, I don't even know the answer. Does this Kirk have a brother? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think he does because. At least according to canon, like Sam is his older brother. So he okay. would have been born before his dad died. So. George, Sam. Yeah, he could still have a brother, right. although he's never Kirk. mentioned him uh, in this universe. So, so yeah. Because obviously George dies having Jim, our which, Kirk in, in this yeah, universe. Yeah. On his birthday, yeah. yeah. Um, so if it's his older brother. Yeah, I wanted to mention... Carol Marcus, you mentioned, of course, Alice Eve portrayed Carol Marcus in the last movie, joining mm. the mission at the end of that movie. She does not appear in this movie, mm. and nor is she mentioned or anything. And I did it's look into again. it. Simon Pegg did explain, like, yeah, we wanted to write her in somehow, but I just we just had nothing for her to do, really. So I didn't feel like, you know, it wouldn't make sense to just have her and have her do nothing. So, but they wow. could have found a role for her, like. In the whole he could have been living stuff. on the space station. Like she could have just project. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. She could have been thing working on. It's very exciting. I'll be here. Yes, Bye. I'm doing a top secret program. Yes, for that right. would have been really. But she's cool. joining the five year mission at the end of the last movie. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That's. Um, I mean, that shouldn't have happened. That whole movie shouldn't have happened. No, there right. should have been the <laughs> sequel and Into Darkness yes. shouldn't exist. That's how I'm going to watch yes. it going forward. I'm just yes. I prefer that they. Don't reference her. Yes, sure. there's no band-aid I have to cover up to be like, no, 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 don't worry about that character. Right. But I do have to say, if as we're going to get into the plot, if you are upset about movies where the villain gets captured on purpose, boy, if I got something to tell you. <laughs> we do not lose that trope. Spoiler alert. Right. We keep that live, though. But, yeah. but I, I mean, the villain in this, we, should we just talk about him briefly? Way more in it. Well, we could do the setup. I like right? him we a lot. Yeah. So Yorktown, let's, and I love let's keep moving. Yeah. So they yeah. go to Yorktown, which is this sort of on the edge of Federation space outpost kind of. So it's like the, the closest um, or the farthest from, you know, earth that yep. the, uh, that a Federation uh, outpost has been, but it's kind of like this, the space station, right? It's mm-hmm. a space station. Now, is yeah. this a cinematic interpretation of what Torak Nor would look like? Hmm. Mm. Could a deep space well, nine look like this? Yeah. Smaller. I mean, there's been a, the thing is, yeah. Starfleet has a bunch of deep space, uh, stations, you know, Steep Space Nine being the ninth out of how, technically, however Torak many. Nor was built by the Cardassians. So. Torak Nor specifically was built by the Cardassians, but we've seen other space stations in other Star Trek episodes as well. Um, yeah, could be. I love the gravity; it's all twisted around. There's buildings pointing every which direction. It's yes. just like a, it's a it's a Hollywood spectacle, but it's neat. Like I like it. I yes. like how Yorktown looks. And again, Fantastic. if I can just talk about the cinematography and the production design, mm-hmm. like. So much better than the first two movies to me. Yes. Like I can see what's going on. Action scenes make sense. Uh, the ship porn kind of is great of like shooting that the ship flying when through space. When they launch out a space dock and it's just attached to the neck of the ship, there's some really great cinematography of the ship. The wide angles yeah. give you scale. Like it's beautifully shot. And even when we get to the crashing scene uh, to jump yeah. ahead, I thought that whole crashing scene was like beautifully shot when it's 
you know, it's a beautiful way to shoot a, a ship crashing into a planet. So we'll get I mean, to that. But you watch yeah. a woman die in a fiery explosion and it looks practical. <laughs> right. Some, right. Yeah. It is very well made. The best looking mm. of any of these. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they go to Yorktown and uh, at Yorktown, they're kind of all on shore leave. Uh, but there's a distress call, right? Yeah, an unknown uh, ship comes. They're not able to receive signals. Somehow, you know, they bring it in. Turns out there's a single occupant. She's in distress. They turn on the universal translator, which is very cool because in this you can hear both languages kind of at once, right, uh, which yeah. is neat. But she describes really cool. there's, there's been some accident and there's people stranded uh, in this, you know, this far off planet. And they need some help. It's a distress call. Um, yeah. She can so, guide them, so she's going to roll with them. Yeah. So Kirk agrees to kind of you know, take the enterprise and go see what's going well, on real quick. Does this feel the most cowboy slash old school Western of any of the movies? They, yeah. Our wagon has to stop in town. Rest up your legs. Let's go to the old, local at the saloon. old saloon. I overheard there's trouble out there in the, in the wilds. So hundred percent. I can go. Yep. And that's what Star Trek is again. Simon Pegg's like, no, I know I get this. No, literally Simon Pegg was like, yeah, we're, 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 setting it we're we're leaning into the western of it and the sort of heist feel of the the mission uh so yeah simon Peck knows a star trek yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can't not this, this mission star don't you dare should have called it right now impossible yes. star trek star trek impossible, impossible. that would have been really <laughs> that's what wow He's like, look, um, I'm already in one of these franchises. I'm going to put them together. What if Tom JJ's Cruise was you, in the Idris Elba role? That's Whoa. incredible. Here's a better question I want to answer. <laughs> Do insane. you think Tom Cruise has ever seen one of these Star Trek films? We know he's a J.J. Abrams fan. I think he has, 100%, because yeah. Tom Cruise, if you don't know, he loves to watch movies. He sees like everything, or so he says <laughs> in... <laughs> press and stuff but he he loves he to go loves to the theater to watch he loves movies, movies. So he literally just sees everything so i'm sure he's seen uh, movies all the lights movies. the popcorn his his like his yeah. personal assistant all they're doing is blocking out time to make sure he can watch yes. as many movies as right yeah let me book this entire theater so tom cruise can watch uh paddington 2 or whatever yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm sure he's seen them star trek like student of beyond cinema. it's one of my favorites they go beyond the stars yeah oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah great <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My friend Simon Pegg's in that. I love those movies. Do you know Simon? He's my best friend. He's I mean, he literally, got, <laughs> he literally got J.J. Abrams for Mission Impossible 3 because he loved Lost. So yes. I assume that he continued to watch other Abrams movies and such. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think yeah. he's seen Super 8? <laughs> I'm sure he has, yeah. Do you think he's seen he loves Star Spielberg Wars? Too, so he loves Spielberg. I bet he's do seen you think, <laughs> all Mike, of those. do you think... Tom Cruise has seen the new Star Wars. Do you think he's seen all of them? <laughs> I'm sure he has, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they might have been on in the background, like when he's sitting in a gold-plated hot tub or something, but like he had right. them on to completion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's praying to Xenu. Yeah. Well, if he was in Edris Elba's role, he could have just taken his true form, so it would have been... But he is, but part. we right. can all admit, he's one of those guys where you'd be like, Tom, who's your favorite Star Wars character? He'd say, Dark Vader, and you'd be like, hmm? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. And you'd just, have mm-hmm. or you'd just say, like, I love Luke Skywalker, he's a yeah, real I like, hero. I like the hero. You're like, oh. Yeah. And the themes um, of heroism. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But anyway, so... Yeah, sorry, back we to digress. the plot of this movie. Uh, so... The Enterprise goes to see what is going on, right? Yeah. And uh, they come across these drone-like fleet of ships that are these very sharp ships that 
all of a sudden start attacking the enterprise, right? And just cutting through it. And they can, they're like the swarm of bees in space. It's like a right? nano robot thing, but at the scale of s- spaceships. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a swarm and they're cutting through the ship. It's really shot well, you know. And there was the swarm in like DS9 where they were like a ta- or yeah. like Voyager. Like these aliens right. that would attack. Oh. They were much more boring. But I like mm-hmm. that there was a Star Trek idea that, hey, we could probably do that better. And and they did. So deep yeah. cut, Simon. So it's, yeah, so this fleet of, of sharp-nosed drones are just decimating the Enterprise, cutting off its nacelles, cutting crippling it hole. so that it can't, you know, warps, you can't jump to warp, it can't do anything. And then they literally cut its throat, right? They cut the neck between the saucer and the uh, other section. Our, our that villain says, cut the throat in his native yeah. language. And it's very badass. And yeah, the, sa- the saucer section get ripped apart when Montgomery says, the nacelles are gone, sir. It's like, it's a devastating wreck of the sh- enterprise. Yeah. Like, it's, And those nacelles are important. You know, you need those to jump to warp and everything. So, And they don't have a detachable saucer section like Enterprise D. Like, you know, No, that's, that's, that's in the it. future. Yeah. Maybe a couple impulses so there, that's all you got. So we see for the third or fourth time the destruction mm-hmm. of the Enterprise in a Star Trek movie. Uh, and so they have to kind of controlled, you know, controlled land the ship on a planet or the saucer section, mm-hmm. really just crash it on a planet and um, try to not die. Yeah, and some uh, people are caught in different sections and they have to take escape pods. So we're getting yes. the party separated a, a bit as well. Um, yes, everybody gives the order up. to abandon ship. Yeah. Kirk gives the order to abandon ship. We're getting all these interesting parties. I just very quickly wanted to shout out and say kind of the person directing all this action to be like who's who's relaying the commands of the captain is, of course, Pavel Chekhov, mm. uh, uh, mm-hmm. our, our sweet baby boy, Anton Yelchin. Just real quick. You set up top, Jacob. I mean, this film is dedicated to him. Uh, a lot of people uh, this film's dedicated to Leonard Nimoy. We'll talk about it in a minute. But yes, this is. You said good ensemble. It finally gives people a lot to do. I think this is the best Chekhov movie. I yep. think Anton's mm. great in this. And once yeah. again, I just I love the kids. So he gets much, a ton so. to do. In Give him his flowers. Yeah, yeah. He's getting kicked out of the room, having a lovers' quarrel. You're getting a lot. Of yeah, Chekhov. he kind of takes he's on flirting the, with uh, another girl later. Like, he's so he takes on the ladies' man role. Of, he's like, yeah. got he's talking to all he's these different the mentee. He's got a mentor now. Uh-huh. We know it's our boy Kirk, and the fact that they spend the whole movie together. I just remember the press tour because, of course, he died. Right after a filming was concluded, this movie came out. Yeah. Right before yeah. this film came out, so the whole press tour was literally Chris Pine being like, "We literally did all our scenes together." Like, I love him so much. Yeah, like, yeah. This is, I am de- destroyed, and I just remember being like, "This is horrifying." Too. It's yeah. the it's, worst thing in the world if you look it up. It's the yes. worst thing in the world. Yeah, he he. There was a, a mouth. He had a malfunctioning Jeep, which that part was later recalled from those jeep bottles because it was malfunctioning um so i believe his parents you know sued yes, jeep uh for you know wrongful death and everything but he was only 27 years old the famous rock star age to die um but it's even sadder because he didn't die of you know like drug abuse and stuff he just no, in a freak that. accident which makes it even sadder um yeah. so yeah this movie is dedicated at the end, it says, like, in loving memory of Leonard Nimoy, and then it just says, for Anton. So, yeah. very sad. Um, and also, I wanted to mention, I think I mentioned it before, but there was a documentary about his life called uh, 
Love and Tosha. Love and Tosha, yeah, which yeah. is a, mm. a great film. And it has a bunch of uh, you know talking head interviews with different cast members of this movie and other movies that he's been in that that knew him. So check that out if you're interested in knowing more about him. But a yeah, good supplemental watch. Yeah, uh, and I agree. This he he does get a lot to do in this movie more, maybe more than. Uh, you know, the original Chekhov ever did. It'd be more than any Chekhov in the history of Star Trek. The best Chekhov. Yeah. Well, it, but, you know, the most the most uh, engaged Chekhov. Yeah, and I can Star say, I'll say that I think Anton Yelkin is the best Chekhov over yes. uh, our guy. We uh, haven't met one on Stranger <laughs> Worlds yet. Oh, yeah, we're right. still waiting. You know, they're crashing the ship. The Sasha section crashes into this planet Mm -hmm. uh, in a really beautifully shot uh, sequence. Like I said, Um, you really feel the scale of it, everything, and the effects look great. Um, And then the crew is kind of separated into like pairs for the most part until they kind of rejoin later. Like you said, you have Kirk and Chekhov together. You have Spock and Bones. You have Uhura and Sulu who kind of get captured by the... These bad aliens. Uh, mm-hmm. And who else am I even forgetting? Well, you, you have a really cool yeah. Justin Lin really flexing what he's bringing to this franchise, which is like, what if Scotty's a skate pod? What if we shot it in like a fake one you know, where, yeah, there's green screen and stuff, but it's yeah. like a cool shot of him getting out immediately. There's kinetic action. Stuff's fucking happening. He's got to like jump, save his life. And then he gets paired up with, of course, our our alien, Sophia Butala as Jayla. Yeah, that's right. As we kind of find out, this ship is sort of this planet is sort of a graveyard of ships of all these ships that these villains that we have yet to meet sort of destroyed with their swarm. And so it's just like all these crews have kind of been stranded here, including this new alien, Jayla, who like, you know, explains that her her ship also crashed here and everything. Now, what do we think of Jayla? I think Jayla's as a great. Character. This is my yeah. introduction to the actress, and then she would go on and be in um, what was the, the Mummy, Tom Cruise Mummy, Mummy, and then there's That's the right. uh, Joan Wick, Atomic yes, Blonde. Yes, she's an Atomic, Atomic Blonde. Blonde. Oh yeah, great in that. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Very good. yeah. She's but I been think in she's... a couple things. She hasn't yeah. super broken out as like a big time star, but wow. she's the Mummy, the Dark Universe, yeah. did her dirty. He, yes, right? but Mike, she's about she's to great do this. a new Star Wars. She's going to be the lead in Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon franchise. Oh, that's how you that's know right. she's going to really hit it. Of course, yeah. No one's. Uh, I think she's good in this, and, and again. Yeah. She's great. We'll talk about this more in just a second with another alien. But the fact that Simon Pegg's going like, it doesn't need to be Klingons, Romulans, you know, Blip Blorps, the Gorner right right there. No, I don't need that. I'll just do, you know, she's white. She's got a bunch of tattoos and a fucking high forehead. That's a weird Star Trek alien. She, yeah, she kind of has a broken speech pattern, which was uh, also Simon Pegg was said was inspired by her French accent. Oh, sure. um, and the way she says names, like where she's like Montgomery Scotty, because the way he introduces himself, she thinks his name is Montgomery Scotty or James T. Kirk. She calls him James T. I think that's very funny. James yeah. T. Yeah. James mm-hmm. T. 
Yeah, yeah, Montgomery um, Scott. He's like, she can call me Scotty. He's like, okay, come Montgomery Scotty. Like, it's very, very I'm Montgomery Scotty. Yeah, uh, it's nice of Simon Pegg to write himself a very large role in this, working with, like, yeah, the be like co-star. You know what? You're going to yeah, meet the if, new character, yeah. Yeah, what if, yeah, what if, like, I was kind of the co-lead and I meet the hot new space alien? Do all my scenes <laughs> with Stephanie. Can I do that? Yeah. yeah. Cool, okay, interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, we get two... Um, yeah, like you said, instead of Klingons and, and such, we get two new aliens. We get Jayla, and of course, we get Crawl. Crawl and his two underlings, the only survivors of their deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't they have more people? Because like, aren't they? They the have pilots more people, of those but there's drones? three remaining. The drones are automated. Oh, okay. When, when they arrived on, oh, they they on the planet, s- I thought they were each piloted by like a. No, person. no, it's a hive. It's a swarm that's piloted, controlled mainly from the control. Right, ship, but then we right. see. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I thought we when, like, they take over they are, one of those ships and like they sh- throw the pilot out like Bones and Spock. Oh, you know what? Maybe oh, yes. Have more people. Yes. I could be wrong. One hundred percent. I believe they are converting people that crash down on the planet. Oh, right. OK. Got you know what? So yeah, should we yeah, reveal yeah, yeah. the sort of the spoiler of it all, which doesn't come into the third act of who Crawl really is? Should we say that now? Uh, I, I don't well, think let's. We, Need let's talk get. about the performance. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's just say, yeah, what do you think Elba of Idris crawl. Elba? Of course, this is crawl. I'm Idris Elba, mate. In it. I'm bossy. Yeah. That's my British accent. Boy. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> Idris I'm Elba. Make a speech during specific rim. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, right. And I love Idris Elba. Love Anytime Idris Elba, he, yeah. you know, shows up in anything. Yeah. I think, you know, he's, he's great. He's just, great. I've said before, uh, when we talk suicide squad, is he a curse on franchises? They typically do not well, do been, well when he is in them. He's been trying to like the, he's been trying to break out as like a a movie headlining star for like a decade now. It seems at this point doesn't seem like it's really happening in in terms of like he can headline a movie and like sell the movie as him being the no, main no, no. star. Jacob, you love that movie where he <laughs> fights a lion. Fights a lion, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, what beast lion movie. Yeah, it's not Roar, it's, it's Beast, Beast, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe it's called one. Craven the Hunter. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. The right. Origin. Um, so the yeah, anytime he's like the headlining star, maybe he's not the most marketable in terms of that you know, star quality, but anytime he kind of shows up in a supporting or a villain role, I tend to like him a lot. Hobbs and and he's Shaw. always good. Yeah, oh, he's always Hobbs good. And Shaw, though. He can definitely, he takes paycheck movies, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And my my experience with with Idris Elba goes all the way back to The Wire, the show from the early two thousands, in which he played That's Stringer a Bell. Event for you, The Wire. Existing. You yes, love to bring it up. It before. You love to bring it up. <laughs> well, the, the so many great. of the cast went on to, to do great things. And I need to watch. He was it. he was a huge part of that cast as Stringer Bell, kind of the one of the main antagonists of the whole series. Mm. Um, and this was that was sort of his breakout role, even before he kind of became got you know. When more into movies and stuff. Um, well, he's this guy called Luther. I don't know Luther, if you're familiar with yes, a guy called Luther. British show, Luther. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, he is, of course, British. Does a lot of American roles from time to time. Like his role in The Wire was he had a he had a uh, Baltimore accent, which is which is even harder to do, I assume, for a British person. But, right, right. Uh, right. <laughs> I believe he just starred in an eight-hour Apple TV movie that no one will ever watch called oh. Hijack. <laughs> Once Apple buys sure. Disney, they'll watch it. Sure. And then when you're talking like Suicide Squad, of course, I love that movie. But he is he 
on the same level of star quality that Will Smith is headlining the first Suicide Squad? Not quite, I don't think. Or does right? he steal but, any shine away yeah. from Peacemaker or Rick Flag in the, the, yeah. the other one, you know? He's yeah, he's just a solid. Um, yeah, he's a very solid in any role he can play for me. Like, well, let me ask you guys this then. Yeah. So that is a lot of him as a leading man. I think he is transformative. I, I saw that genie movie where he's got a shaved head and big ears. Yeah. Yes. He, he goes out there. One thousand years but of longing. Is he a physical actor to you guys? How do you think he deals with a fully prosthetic performance, which this is? That seems hard. You can tell the enunciating is very he's, enunciated. He's, he's we talked about it in our last makeup. movie. He's yes, Mike, in the same way Benedict Cumberbatch was acting through the makeup. <laughs> Which he wasn't like, wearing any. You don't have any makeup. So yes, why yeah. are you pronouncing things this way? But he's very, very deliberate. Smog. I am your enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like his design. I may have some questions regarding like you know, when we find out who he really is, his true origin, mm-hmm. why he looks like he does now, like w- what turned him into this alien, I didn't quite understand. That. I don't know, think it's maybe explained not that well, but um, they do a I lot like of his, info yeah. dump right before. Like they don't, they yeah. don't give you. Oh, Uhura looks at a computer and says, here's everything that's going on. Yeah, like, oh, right. Yeah. So that's one little criticism, but I do like, a big, yeah. you know, prosthetic star trek villain like that's yes. fine that's a throw he's the best villain since um since first contact the borg queen right yeah i would yeah. say since then in 100%. a movie a yeah. worthy foe an interesting backstory I, I would say he's tied to the narrative in a, an incredibly interesting way we said you know sort of being left in the past we'll, we'll explore this more in a minute he's um, seemingly god of vendetta against starfleet as we yes. see he this idea of unity is our strength he's like fuck that unity no <laughs> honestly maybe it's not a bad place to kind of get into it because we find out where jayla has been living and i think all this is kind of related maybe so is it lift the veil yeah Should we just kind of do that so simon Pe- so so scotty and jayla they go back to her house that she's living in Right, and, and she we keeps find out it's my house. It's yeah. She, she's trapped. a bunch of booby traps. She's smart. She's an engineer like home alone in that place. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's um, home alone in that. Place. Yeah, she's McAllistered it fully. Kevin McAllistered <laughs> it up. Yeah, and wait, uh, wait, wait. Yeah, Kelvin McAllistered it. Oh, <laughs> and you see Kroll like slipping on ice. <laughs> yeah, a future paint bucket. Uh, anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, there's uh, traps that she set because you know she knows how to survive. She's been on this planet yes. for a while. Right, but she's living in this old ship, and we find out it's it's an old Earth ship, and it's called the USS Franklin. Right, yeah. as Scotty discovers, it's one of the first ships uh, from pre-Starfleet days. We're talking pre-Archer's Enterprise, uh, which well, yeah, there's a yes. reference to that in this movie, which we'll get to. Um, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. this is so. Yeah, so this is a pre-Starfleet human exploration vessel that went. I think was the first ship to go warp four, um, and was lost in space at some point. Uh, and presumed, you know, the crew was presumed dead, of course, hundreds of years ago. Yes, and no one's made it to this planet. It's outside of Federation jurisdiction even this day. So there's been stranded. And to you know, lift the veil, the big reveal is that Crawl, who has a vendetta against Starfleet. He was a member of that crew, one of the few remaining survivors. He's been left yes. to survive on this planet somehow for so many years. He's been transformed, but he still has this vendetta against the Federation he, and their ideals. 
Yes. Not only is he a member of the crew, he's the captain. Captain mm-hmm. Balthazar Edison, which is a great name for Balthazar a starship Getty. captain. Yeah. Um, also, um, and he, he's a former member of Mako, which this is an Enterprise thing. Colin, did you know what Mako was when he's describing No, this? I was going to call it like MAPS or something. When, when right. they did say the acronym, I was like, ooh, interesting. This I it's love. The, uh, we're getting yeah. a lot of Enterprise era iconography. In, There's in a lot in later, so Mike, ahead. but I know you know. Um, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, he's a Ma- Mako. Were like the the space marines, basically the soldiers. So it Starfleet a- crews are, you know, uh, sort of the navy, if you will, but they're more ex- exploration based. During Enterprise, they get assigned a Mako squad because they're in war with the Zindi. Which shout out oh. is uh, a Zindi reference later in this movie. Yes. Yeah. But the Mako um, are military assault command operations. They got a shark on their oh. patch and they're like special op. And even in, uh, no, that's section 32, but like section 32 kind of evolves from Mako, mm, at least an yeah. ideal and purpose, you know, they're like the special operatives, the military. But yeah. The are Makos are like your traditional, like who are like we're space Marines. Like, yeah. And so once that enemy. was phased out and he was made he was a, a captain, soldier. he's like, I'm not, yeah, I, I, this, I was born into a different world, you know, like he was born yes. into combat, forced to that be a peacekeeper. Was a, that was a good He's a soldier. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> better than mine? Yeah, I don't think. Just a tiny bit better. <laughs> so a soldier who's um, been left behind, which, you know, not an uncommon theme or experience, especially post-Iraq yes. War and stuff, you know, that kind of yes. thing. Yes. And he's sort of, you know, he did all this violence in the name of Earth uh, and felt kind of screwed over by his, his government or his country or his planet. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's why he's like Starfleet. They say, you know, peace and unity is so great. But no, I will bring true strength back to Starfleet by, um, you know, forcing people to fight each other or something. I'm not sure what it's his like plan a is exactly. right kind of thing. Peace breeds yeah. complicity, which breeds frailty and weakness. You know, times of hardship breed a stronger man kind of guy, you know, like, yeah. well, and yeah. can I ask you guys this as far as just poking holes in his plan? He is aware of the space station or is he just after any sort of star? He's aware of anything? Yorktown. Yeah. He's aware of Yorktown. Okay. He's been looking for this MacGuffin of this movie that Andorath or whatever I think it was Which called. Which we just happened to get in the first scene of the film as like yes, a random it's this artifact gift. that yeah. Kirk has that he's trying to give these people in this in these aliens in this diplomatic mission turns out this is a very important thing that idris elba has been looking for for years uh which is it's actually this very powerful bioweapon that will like kill you and stuff blah 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 split in two yeah um so he's lived hundreds of years because on this planet he found some alien technology that allows him to live forever by stealing the life force of other people it seems like where he's draining their life energy yeah yes yes and he specifically also calls out that the drones are ancient mining t- uh, technology, which yes. is our second reference in just this trilogy of like the bad guy uses mining equipment, which I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know about that. Right. Well, let's say, yeah. right, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're a spacefaring society. You want to make a ton, a ton, a ton of money. What's the first thing yeah. you do? Find a mineral rich deposit. You know, you're going to have a lot yeah. of mining equipment, maybe, but it is yeah. a trope. I agree. They should have been space truckers, Mike. They should have taken the alien route. <laughs> they should have been, yeah, yeah. Uh, like like uh, Travis Mayweather. Boomers, so that's how they're right. calling that. But you know, person, yeah, boomers, <laughs> totally. Um, 
But yeah, and, they, the planet was already vacated, basically. It was yes, abandoned when they left behind all this mining technology. By basically yeah. the Chozo from the Metroid, like a super yeah. advanced alien race that they're just like, fuck it, and we'll just leave all our stuff behind. And then yeah. like Samus Aran comes up and is like, oh, I'll use all this shit. Shit, fuck, all right. Fuck that, yeah. Uh-huh. This is kind of where my confusion came in, and I kind of made assumptions, but they didn't explain it, I don't think, that well. Why he like turned into a an alien is it just because the life the technology that's extending his life also turns him into this alien maybe and regardless dna yeah would you guys ever stop speaking english <laughs> i mean it's what right you he just know, speaks a different right? language maybe because he's been around like he learned that language from this technology on this planet so he's been know. around it for hundreds of I years i don't know you, you yeah. gotta have to learn to read the manuals and the descriptions and i don't know 100 years what else are you gonna do i'm fucking especially if your plan is to trick the federation you might as well go yeah he also, so i'd still say like baseball to you guys i'd be like yeah. waka waka baseball. baseball that doesn't mean <laughs> what it like, means oh. in our tongue <laughs> yeah it's interesting he's just throwing that out yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. it could be he's kind of leaning into his alienness. <laughs> yes, to to fool Kirk and the rest of the the crew, yeah. of the Enterprise. He wants yeah. to be the villain to Starfleet. Like he wants to be the great threat lurking in the darkness. It is performative, Jacob. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, yeah, he does have he's, similar motives to Khan in the last movie, but he's creating like literally a fear of the other false flag scenario like there here's an alien but you know you're not an alien you're just pretending and there's Dude, some, there's something there some guy it's not nice it's not good yeah that's so weird what are you doing yeah, here? it's flag. like it's truly like if donald trump like came out as like a xenomorph now and was like Rah. yeah <laughs> you're like oh my god plan. what are you doing yeah <laughs> another conspiracy um so he, he, luckily, he, they bring the MacGuffin to him. Uh, yes. It's right what he needs. And then he could go launch an attack on the Yorktown. That's his plan. Meanwhile, basically, well, to start this captured. movie, oh, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Kirk falls for a very obvious like trap to begin with mm-hmm. and then basically gives him the artifact that they've been looking for for many years. Well, they, they do hide it with, with an ensign, In a face a weird uh, claw really thing on the back of her head. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But obviously this woman that comes to them with the distress call, obviously she is revealed to be working with uh, Crawl and Kirk does eventually trick her back. But it just seems like they all buy into that distress call like a little too easily at the beginning of the movie. But Mm -hmm. hey, that's what Star Trek does. I I mean, he does. (laughs) But how many Star Trek episodes are open if we've received a distress call from blah, 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 blah. We're going to check it out. Like, right. We don't ever see the meeting before that. That's the job. It's monotonous. Another distress call. Fuck it. All right, I'll go. I'm tired, Kirk. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he yeah, eventually so the, wants the, to acquire that, go to the Yorktown. We have crew members captured by him that are being soul drained. Um, yes. And meanwhile, we have no ship for our heroes to pursue if he does decide to launch his attack. We're stranded. That's right. That's the Enterprise has problem. been destroyed. The crew Probably is the best stranded destruction and separated. Ever, honestly. It's like the most absolutely i think it is yeah. even without models i think it was devastating and effective and yeah that thing's yeah, done rules um and we also should mention you know spock and bones are kind of teamed up and in their descent to the planet spock is seriously injured and as we all know vulcan hearts are where human livers are in the body so he's stabbed mm-hmm. in the side where a human liver would be but that's where the vulcan heart is so he almost died because he was almost stabbed in his heart Right. Uh, so this is my yeah. favorite pairing of the entire mm. film. Again, Simon Pegg is showing his hand of being like, you know who really pops in the original series if you watch it? 
this cantankerous old man and the hobgoblin he likes screaming at. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were sort of... Um, the triangle of Kirk, Bones, and Spock is like the id, ego, and super ego, right? I uh, love yes. this. Where I Kirk like is like the id, uh, I think... Uh, bones would be the ego i guess and spock would be the super ego but they're yeah. kind of like two like they're the devil and the angel on on kirk's shoulder bones and spock where they have differing views and philosophic you know mm-hmm. philosophies on life that that are kind of at odds at times and i love yeah, that relationship yeah. and then they yeah. have a classic yeah back and forth like friendship adversarial kind of buddiness yes. and it's it's cool to see that happening here because again i think carl urban is just crushing it yes and and nobody is being underserved into like i already had the good bones moment with kirk where they're sharing a drink it's not like i feel like we're not getting that friendship like it's okay to spread this around i mean we get sulu in the in the captain's seat during the the escape mission because kirk has to be running around doing stuff fight and crawl like we get sulu being a captain of the enterprise proper which yes. is like that didn't happen. It's very cool. And of course, Spock in this movie, captain, yeah. he's kind of a downer. He's him and Uhura have very recently broken up. He just found out in Bastard Spock, his future self from a different reality mm-hmm. has died. Uh, so he's going through a lot of things. Which his- can I say, I would not be too worried about because I would not for a second assume I'm going to have the same life as that guy. I'd be like, no. oh, that is crazy. <laughs> but like, that's not going to happen to me. Plus, he was like really old when he died. So that's like, yes, I was like, that's a pretty good life. Like, and you yeah. have, like, I'm pretty sure he was lifespan. with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think also thematically, Colin, you're saying, you know, there's stuff weighing on him. Jacob, you're saying like he's yes. lost, he doesn't have his partner. He, that Spock is gone. And then he's like, well, what am I? I'm, if I'm not a partner, if I'm not living up to this legacy of great ambassador yeah. Spock, what the hell am I doing too? You know, And so he's, he's considering leaving. leaving the Enterprise. Like he's considering leaving and Kirk's considering leaving, but they haven't talked about it at all. Yes. So there's kind I of this like... I wish to discuss. Yes, yeah. they want to have a conversation about it. Oh, mm-hmm. It's such good stakes. Just buddies being like hard with themselves. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's so good. Um... And that's what I love about this movie. It's a standalone adventure where you can kind of delve into these characters and it's lower stakes in terms of like the wor- like the universe that it's in, but it's still high stakes character stuff. So um, yes. really good. So we get these different pairings. Eventually they all kind of meet up on the USS Franklin, except for Sulu and Uhura and the other crew members that have been captured by Krall. Uh Sorry, biggest trailer moment for me was them using the transporter and when they take uh, Spock away yes. and Bones goes, typical. That's just typical. <laughs> he's just <laughs> yeah, so he's like, angry about he, it. He literally says, at least I want to die alone yes. as Spock That's disappears. So typical. <laughs> yeah. it's, it is great. It's, it's just got stuff. good jokes. This movie's got good it jokes. It does. That's the comedic uh, you know, timing of Simon Pegg. And the, him and yes. Jayla are predominantly trying to repair the ship because she's like, yes. why do you have that on your uniform? My house has got that. Like, can you fix this thing? I'm trying to get the hell out of here. Montgomery's like, great. Us too. Let's work together. Let's get Montgomery out Scotty. Yeah. yeah, Montgomery Scotty. They're trying to fix up the USS Franklin because they need a ship to get off this planet. Um, and But also, of course, they need to rescue the captives of crawl the other mm-hmm. enterprise crew members before they get hooked um, up to the tubes yeah we so learned jayla's dad was taken and you know i guess maybe turned into one of these fucking things you would see yeah that's possible or just drained for crawl. or just drained yeah or just yeah, yeah. Life they don't look totally dissimilar. Vampire. maybe that's a similar 
species, you know. That's yeah. why he looks like that, you know. We already have had a Star Trek movie with vampires in them, by the way. We did I do want to talk about that later I, I, on purpose. <laughs> I have a point, but yeah. More vampires. Um, but they kind of devise a plan to rescue the crew members. Of course, this plan involves Kirk driving a motorcycle. It's uh, so cool. Yeah, very cool stuff. <laughs> it's fast just a motorcycle on this. Ethan yes. Hunt. It's they have a the motorcycle on the Earth ship because it's like an old Earth ship. So it's like, hey, there's a fucking motorcycle. He says, why not? Yeah, my, <laughs> my mom used to. Yes, my dad had one of these. My mom used to ride on the back. Is that what he says, Jacob? That's the best. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's like yes, a plan with alien technology. We're going to do this weird foam stuff's going to expand. There's some illusion technology happening. Yeah. It's like a triangulation. We're going to have these fake versions of the motorcycle and they won't know where we're hitting them. You know, it's, it's a very exciting action scene. Yes, um, it's very cool. To rescue our, our crew, which we do Good rescue stuff. the crew. But yeah. Not all and so well. as they're rescuing the crew, we, you know, Crawl, his greater plan is, of course, to go to Yorktown, which is not too far from this planet, take his army of drones, his fleet of drones, and um, release this bioweapon that's going to kill like a bunch of people. Um, Everybody in Yorktown, at least. Yeah. So obviously, they want to stop that. So they need to get the USS Franklin off the ground. Uh, And another awesome like ship flying scene where they have to go into a controlled fall so they can get enough... Bro. Start the like engine. Off. Yeah, because yes, it, it was it was never here. meant to take off from the ground because it was built in space. Is built these ships in space that were meant to take off from yeah, yeah. atmosphere. But um, I love this ship because it does look like the old Admiral Archer style, yeah. slightly modified. But it, it's a throwback, the NX01 look. I really like that. Um, these jackets that they find are yes. sick as hell and they kind of are throwbacks to the boiler suit style uniforms of enterprise yeah. just like a couple of okay. years down the line i love these jackets totally. they are so good I, sp- I specifically wanted to ask you about those mike when you guys were saying the enterprise references so they watch the videos and they're like oh here's the old crew and this is where we get our first idris elba clue but then when spock is healed you literally i think see him like zipping one of them up like he just starts like wearing one of these outfits kirk has one too i was like mm-hmm. shit are those the enterprise outfits they look Dope. They're very inspired by, but taken yeah. like, to the logical progression of that idea where it would be at this well, point. Well, timeline could be wise, the Kelvin versions of them. Yeah, it totally yeah, could be because I, I love yeah. those boiler suits and stuff, and they do have some cool yeah. jackets and hats and shit. I so, want it, that. Yeah. Timeline wise, with Enterprise, so Enterprise takes place um, pretty much right after the after Starfleet is is like it's it's the first flagship of Starfleet, right? So this so I think this the Franklin is a few years just before Starfleet is formed, right? No, is Enterprise the, is not Starfleet. It's the not series Enterprise. Oh. That ship is the first human ship that's warp capable that goes to explore. Yeah, but I think it's still and that's Starfleet rap, doesn't exist. What did you guys call it again? It's Starfleet but not Federation because Federation Cor- came oh, later, which is I'm the sorry. planet. Starfleet was just an Earth. Thing uh, to start. That's right. Yeah. The Federation I, of Planets does not exist. I'm sorry. Jim. Yes. Can I ask sorry. one other question real quick? Does their enterprise just hang out in orbit around the Earth or do they actually track and go on like missions and stuff? They go on missions and stuff, but they're yeah. the they first go to other planets. Their yeah. first job is to uh, take. But they a, only go like warp Klingon four. back to Klingon. That's their first job yeah. to deliver him home. And the Vulcans kind of escort them to make sure they don't fuck it up. So do they yeah, have like they, their top speed is, and stuff. Is, their boiler suits, they're great. Kind of, yeah. Oh, they got the but they, suits. Um, okay. Their the Enterprise goes warp four as like a max speed, which is very slow by TNG standard. Like TNG 
time, they can go warp nine, which is like much faster. Think so of curve like that's much 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 yeah, much, much exponential. Much yeah. Um, but so 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 yeah, the USS Franklin. This this is why it's called the USS Franklin instead of like the NX whatever because correct. It was just uh, prior to the formation of of Starfleet in like a one world government kind of thing. It's called the is, NX Enterprise. Yeah, the NX01 before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's oh, our okay. Term. So um, this is probably yeah, fifty to hundred years, give or take. Like it's it's like that idea. Like it's very early Federation. It's early, days. yeah, yeah early okay. human space exploration. Um, you know, they had met the Vulcans and stuff, but they weren't quite at the point of like starting a federation of planets kind of thing. I just think um, this is such a good idea for a Star Trek movie. This is, I yeah. just love this. I love it's this. Great. And it, and it's great. Is a movie in Archer's time? Yeah. Well, it's like going back to the basics. Like literally, it's like, we'll do a simple story, planet, get stranded. We have A and B plot. Uh, we'll get an old ship. Like literally, we're going back to an we'll old We'll celebrate the ship. history. Yeah, 50 yeah. years. So that's cool. And speaking of um, Enterprise reference and stuff, like I said, during one of Idris Elba's villainous monologues at the end, he says, mm-hmm. like, I'm a veteran of the Zindi and Romulan Wars, which the Zindi War is a big part of season three of Enterprise. It was the 9-11 terrorism mm-hmm. kind of allegory. Uh, but it's so it's this early conflict uh, that Earth has in its With space history. Species. And they were building yeah. up to the Romulan War. They never did it on the show, but that was supposed to be the big end of the series thing was mm. the Earth Romulan War. They just never got to do it. So he's directly yeah. referencing things from Enterprise. And I also know in the wow. fourth season, they wanted to lean more into the they were going to show the formation of the Federation if they got more seasons stuff like Archer was going to be a big, big part of that. So yeah, it's a shame that that show got canceled. Archer was, is the first president of the Federation <laughs> in Canon. He's the first yeah. president of the Federation. Right. Cause he would first go on to the president big, they, of the they started Federation. foreshadowing that in season four, but unfortunately got canceled. So we never got to see it. So I love um, just to summarize, I love seeing the Mako stuff and just these allusions yes. to Enterprise Mako. Just treating yes. it as the, the worst series ever or something like at least it's being acknowledged. No. And that makes me happy. It was, I guess, ahead of its time in that people didn't really watch it when it was on TV. It was on UPN, which is like not a channel yeah. that a lot of people watch. So no, that's and impossible then it decided to get revenge against the network itself and pretended to be a different show. And right. Set the stress <laughs> signal, just like crawl. No, I'm making a. Things that get left behind wanting revenge. Sure, sure. (laughs) Um, But anyways, let's jump back into the plot of this movie. So he launches it off. He's he's making his attack in the Franklin. As you said, we're going to get this very, very exciting sequence uh, to get to. You know, you got to push your car in neutral and then you pop it into first. That kind of thing. You got to start the battery. Exactly. You got to get momentum. (laughs) Yeah. And they just go diving off of this cliff. They pull up right at the last moment and it looks great. I made fun of this um, in Strange New Worlds finale when it goes below the trees. Like, it's almost a trope, the ship falling yeah. beneath the trees and yeah, triumphantly coming up. Is, this is a, done is. very well. This is very... Yes. You gotta do it. Um, so they go to Yorktown. There's a big fight, you know, action scenes. Kirk has a confrontation with Crawl or Balthazar Ooh, Edison. Hold on, hold on. Hold yeah. On, they're they're, they're going to start trying to pierce the wall of the York. Yes. Right, right. Well, stop first, we know that Jayla <laughs> yes. on this planet figured out a way to make the stereo or whatever work in but the she's spaceship. An yeah. I listen to I, it's called music and I like it. I uh, love the stomping and. The, Sam Pegg's like, oh, that's not music. You're dumb. That's terrible. (laughs) Now, the reason I said, whoa, 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 hold on, is, look, 
if this following sequence wasn't in the film, I'd be giving it up to that motorcycle. I would have stopped us. We would have done five more minutes on that. I think that action sequence is so good. This action sequence, the visualization, and the 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 drones, like we, we see it real quick. Jacob, you brought this up. We, we get a, a, a scene where real quick they're like, oh, let's send, you know, Spock and Bones and they'll teleport over and they knock these people out. But the way that you see um, Bones pilot it by like getting into this sort of like motorcycle that you have to kind of like strap in and all these drones or whatever. Mm-hmm. That visual is going to be completely ripped off and used for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where the golden mm. people are these yes. drones. They're operated by literally being a lean-forward motorcycle, That's like so a video true. game that you you play at, like, a, you know, a Dave & Buster's or something. Yeah, yeah. It looks so fucking stupid in comparison to how Justin Lin is so smart, interesting the stuff that he's doing with it the visualization of turning the swarm into a tidal wave that is going to crash down on the enterprise's boat quote unquote Mm -hmm. and you get this little moment of kirk tightening his hands his grip onto his chair like he's scared for just a minute and then the hit it the song that is this franchise pumping yes the little smirk and him going that's a good choice. I like that song. It, it is a perfect culmination of everything is firing on every cylinder. Totally. Incredible visuals, incredible stakes, one-of-a-kind sci-fi stuff. Like, it is – I think it is one of the best action sequences wow. in the last 10 years in a blockbuster wow. movie. I think it's awesome. I just want to say – They yeah, two surf the wave. This. They surf yeah. – they visually mm-hmm. surf the wave. The water uh, number one was lost, but I love that you keyed in on that. Yeah. Uh, Justin Lin, obviously, he's very good at shooting action involving vehicles, we'll say. Uh, And also, um, yeah, this music, of course, this classical music. Do you think Kirk, when he heard it, he was like, I used to listen to that when I was joyriding in my stepdad's convertible. It would be a cool way to kick off this whole franchise. (laughs) What do you mean, Kirk? Yeah, we needed a Nokia ringtone callback. Otherwise, uh, using <laughs> using this song in particular, ring, ring. yeah, it feels like Justin Lin in this movie is like delivering on the promise that J.J. Abrams made of a new mm. Star Trek that works. Yes, this is yes. not yeah. cringe. It's cool. also Anton yes. tapping his feet at one point, like while wow, they're is, doing all this. It's Mike, great. it is him saying to the producers, "This is cool. What you guys make is cool. I want to make this too." And then being like, yeah, "Oh, I guess what that. we make is cool." <laughs> yeah. And to say one other thing about this, so the reason they're playing the song, of course, and this is a very Star Trek thing that I like a lot. They have mm-hmm. to use their brains. They have to figure out. How can we stop this swarm? Well, they're like a swarm of insects. Maybe they use a hive mind kind of situation to control these drones. So they're they're reasoning this out. They're saying, how can we disrupt the signal that is controlling all these drones by blasting music and interrupting their cybernetic patterns or whatever? Well, specifically, um, they need high frequency wavelength, which is radio wave. So they're using yes. an old school radio wave to broadcast the music to where yes. even Yorktown is picking it up. And it's just a yes. really cool thing. But yeah. that's such a Star that's Trek so thing crazy. of like yeah. trying to figure out a way, you know, let's use our minds, let's put them together as a crew and figure out how we can stop this problem. In it, uh, you know, outside of the box kind of thinking, and that, and I just love that. Yeah, um, it's classic, and it's a quirky way to do it, you know. And 
yeah, the song is fun. I thought when I first saw it in theaters, I'm like, oh man, they're, they're doing this again. But seeing it a second time, like it was really charming. Like, but yeah, it's, it's sprint. Yeah, it serves as a callback to the first film while also making sense. I mean, did it need to be sabotaged by the BC Boys? No, but. I mean, it's a great song. Everybody loves Sabotage by the Beastie and Boys. Do you guys right. think Elo Atzi is on the Enterprise? He's in both universes at once. The alien named after uh, Hello Nasty, the Beastie Boys song in Star oh. Wars. No, you know, I didn't even Hello know that. Atzi. I didn't even realize <laughs> you guys, he's, that. He's Poe Dameron's best friend. He's in like oh. two scenes where he's like, Beep, blop, bleak, blork. And they're oh. like, Hello Atzi. Well, we do know G. that... Abrams uh, loves fucking Beastie Boys. He's a... And it makes sense. His tastes are... I like the sure. white hip-hop artists. It's yeah. like, yeah. okay, great. And Good Spielberg. for you, right. I like these three like Jewish guys. The cool. Interesting, yeah. Um, oh, geez. I just had a... Sorry. Thought. Now it's gone. It's okay. I like... Uh, but... Speaking of... Hello, We had to talk about him. Um, oh. oh, the guy who's in Heroes... Greg Grunberg, yes, Greg also in, in Yorktown. Of yes, all the movies, but of yes, all the movies yes. to be in, he's in the one that J.J. Abrams didn't direct, right. but he yes. did produce, of course. But Greg Grunberg, someone that J.J. Abrams always puts in his movies for some reason. He's isn't his name friend. like Pork Fat in Star Wars? His name is no. like Fat Waxler. Is his name Fat Waxler? <laughs> it's wax. Jeez, uh, I, I, I think it's Fat Waxler. I mean, that's a great callback to George Lucas naming. The Porkins. more portly guy, Porkins, Porkins which is Porkins. Yeah. Is his name Porkwax? And it might be. <laughs> I'll find it while we, we get through. But it's just funny. I, I think it's hoping... Fats Wax. Yeah, I can't. I got to look up his name. I'm trying to get there. But I, I'll just put this out while I'm looking. Um, I wanted to know there was one. one crew member that has the last name Han, just to continue the idea that like uh, that is all connected to the Justin. I also want to shout that. out. Um, Shora Agdashlu, who plays the oh, commander of, of Yorktown. Um, and I have a actress. message coming in. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh very iconic, uh, sort of raspy voice. She's in The Expanse, uh, mm-hmm. a great sci fi show oh, that I sure. love. Um, yeah, so it's good to see her. And her name is Commander Paris in this movie, which leads me to believe oh, that she's wow. like an ancestor of Tom, Tom Paris. Tom Paris's mom? Yeah, or grandmother. <laughs> kind of, but they don't really look alike, so I don't know how that <laughs> works. <laughs> but it's an interesting um, Tom Paris is a very son, white Tom. guy with, with blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> well, he's yeah, got a yeah. cosmic key in his hands. He's helping uh, Dolph Lundgren save the universe. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, um, snap Wexley, by the way. Snap. snap! It's Wesley. not fast. Snap. 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 snap! Of course, we have Wesley. Unkar Plot, played by Simon Pegg. In oh, oh my God! <laughs> one right. quarter portion. One quarter. One quarter. That's not really him doing no, that. No, it is. Though, is it? Is it's it? Simon Pegg? Yeah. It is. If someone said we want to put he you in makeup for six hours, I'd do it for one day to be in Star. Oh, be in Star Wars? Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Without That's very a funny. doubt. I'd do whatever this you want. Shared universe of the Star Wars Star Trek. It's forbidden. It's forbidden magic. We <laughs> shouldn't forbidden. be dabbling. All JJ's yes. fault. Yeah, Should yeah. not be bringing it up. Uh, but uh, yes. Anyway, we get the great action sequence. Um, so there's a big climax. There's a big. We stop the uh, swarm largely, but Carl yeah. is like, "Fuck it, we ball," and he's going to do it himself. He's, he's going to get to the, the air the filter or something. He's going to he's going to yeah. go do it himself. Kirk's Kirk got to confront him. Well, this is where the- literally he says, have you seen those old holodeck films, the Mission Impossible films? Excuse me, I got to run. And you're yes, like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
He loves running, just like Tom Cruise. Um, they use the gravity of the Yorktown in a cool way, where they're like using the slipstreams or whatever, and like flying through it the air. Uh, mm-hmm. Very cool. A very cool zero gravity fight. So, you know, throwback to yes. uh, assimilate this and uh, yeah, strange yes. worlds. And then I love that Kirk, even now, is like trying to talk him down. Still, like he's yes. saying, like you don't have to do this. Like you were a hero once. Blah blah blah. You can be redeemed and stuff. Um, but you know, Idris Elba's oh. not having it. And just a quick check in. Now, in the last film, where literally it ends with like our hero chasing down a person and then getting into like a fist fight, where in that film you're like, oh, there's fucking more of this. <laughs> like in this one, conversely, yeah. after we get the awesome drone fight, when it's coming down to a one on one, I feel so relaxed to be like, that's right. There's one more cool action sequence. Like I have so much more confidence in this film to be like, that's right. We are landing the ship. It's not like there's going to be a scene where I have to watch two people who are super strong, kind of pinch at each other. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. No, he still gets hit with a pipe in the end in that too, but at least that's a callback to the show. Um, but the use of Yorktown, the use of the unusual geometry and to like create a spectacle, but that's still like exciting. Yeah. Like, he Lynn is crushing this. Like yes. it's a shame we didn't do a fourth one sooner or that yeah. we did the second one at all. Because if this had been the second movie, I probably would have made more money and like gotten more buzz for the brand. Yeah. But he would this be movie... like nine hundred million dollars poorer. <laughs> like he's made so much money since then. Mike that's is true. Not oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Just for putting up with Vin Diesel. That's what yeah, he's he literally went back a... and put a car in space. <laughs> Something By the a way, lot do you know his first, uh, yeah. his first Fast and the Furious movie was Tokyo Drift, which that's is right. so weird that they're like, they saw that movie and they're like, let's keep bringing this guy back. The one that's kind of outside of the main Basically erase family, it from the right? story, but steal everything from it. And you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Uh. This guy's got sensibilities. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Um, but, yeah that is the that, movie that introduced fight. Han, of course, and mm-hmm. he's the best character. So, yeah, um, Justin Lin... He's doing great. So obviously Kirk eventually does defeat Balthazar Edison. uh, Mm -hmm. And then what happens? They have, they kind of have a toast while, um, you know, they're building the new enterprise. We get a dash. Yeah. Dash. dash. This is the introduction. I was so happy to see that. I forgot. What would come after the dash? Yeah. And so I'm just, you know, watching the movie. And then when I see the dash A, I'm like, oh, man, I really wish they did a fourth one. I got kind of. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's so frustrating. Well, but we get a, yes, a celebration we'll of Kirk's it. birthday, a surprise party, you know, Bones. Yes. Yeah. Him, and then we get this, yes. this after party and a famous course, repeated Kirk, line from many yeah, Star Treks. If you want to bring that up, Jacob. Oh, um, I'm not sure. To uh, I was just going to say toast. Oh, yes. OK. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I didn't know that was a reoccurring. It's been in Wine, but Next now Generation, it it's been in TOS with okay, the yeah. Con, you know? Um, oh, of course. Tabs and Friends. And Kirk, of course, this Kirk doesn't like celebrating his birthday because it's also the day that his dad died. So it's kind Death of a day. mixed yeah. emotion day for him. Um, but yeah, we see the whole crew at the end together. Uh, we see an awesome sequence of the enterprise a getting made kind of a time lapse of it mm-hmm. getting made which was super cool yeah um, jayla's going to the academy mm-hmm. what's that jayla's going to the academy oh yes yes uh yeah i think that's great and i love the way the a looks when we see it at the end it's super mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. um would love another movie with with 
that is the Enterprise, I guess. Well, let's talk themes real quick, and then it's going to be probably Wrath of Cobb. But I mean, oh, real quick, I love this movie. It's my favorite of the three, love obviously. It. I'll give you my rankings. Um, yeah. What do we have, Colin? You kind of break down, like we, we have the thought of being left behind as one of these. Right? Yes. Um, yes, this big fear of being left behind, aging, Questioning your place in, in the universe and questioning kind of your career or your life choices, right? Sort of a midlife crisis, but more like a... It's not a kinda, quarter life crisis. No, but I, yes, I think that's more fair. It's kind of that point where you hit 30 where you're like, are my friends always going to be around me? Don't they have to kind of go start their lives? Mm-hmm. And have I started my life? Question mark. Yeah. yeah. And I find it interesting to put, you know, we're having a literal, you know, fist fight or, you know, confrontation with Kirk and Carl. Because Carl is someone who's like disenfranchised by Starfleet. He feels disillusioned, forgotten. And then Kirk's someone who's like, just kind of bored by it. And it's like, what am I doing? So, you know, right. there's this kind of back and forth, you know, that he can kind of see a dark mirror. Well, of himself, sort of. and if you think about this Kirk, he's gone through a lot of crazy shit. Like in the last two movies, he was like promoted and demoted a bunch. His mentor died. Like the, the Admiral of like the head Admiral of Starfleet turned out to be evil. Like mm-hmm. all this shit, like Vulcan yes. got destroyed. Um, a lot of crazy shit has just happened in a few years of his life, basically. And now he's on this deep space mission where he's feeling the, the monotony of everything and the repetitiveness. Yes. And he's like, this is not exactly what I thought being a Starfleet captain was going to be like. Well, and finding satisfaction because Balthazar, as a former Starfleet captain, could not find that. And Kirk mm-hmm. points out to him at the end, we have peace because you fought for it is sort of the yeah. last line he says as they're speaking to each other. And it means nothing to crawl. Right. And we do we do know that the planet, it's it, it's surrounded by some space nebula that you can't transmit in and out. So they were completely dark. They couldn't get any signals to Starfleet. Like, you know, so there's like a yeah. natural phenomenon that prohibited Starfleet from finding them, even if they were looking for them for all this time, you know. Again, kind of some, some con vibes yeah. where he was left on SETI Alpha. This is Seti oh, Alpha 5. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, the sort it's of stilted of yeah. pronunciation. I think right. most of these guys, when they get these parts, are told, like, if you're going to the villain, you should really check out Wrath of Khan, by the way. And they all kind of go, oh, oh I'll yeah. do Another trope of um, someone reciting Shakespeare in a Star Trek movie uh, Spock, when he's injured, right. he, he quotes Shakespeare, which I thought was That's interesting. Right. Hey, nice. What the hell does that mean? What's your favorite color? <laughs> I don't think um, Spock, though, would have uh, categorized Beastie Boys as classical. I think he would have known better. <laughs> classical music. But to them, it is classical it's because it's so far in the past. It's like, you know, ancient history, basically. It is like listening to Chopin and yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm sure it is a genre. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to listen to my, my classical mix. It's Chopin and Bach. Well, that's and the Baroque Boys. Boys. Yeah, yeah. They're Baroque, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. They were from yeah. the Brooklyn Zoo. Oh, that's a different band. Though. <laughs> um, Still pretty good, Mike. Thanks. It's New York. Yeah. So wrapping up, I guess, the plot of this movie. Um, do yes, we want to do we want to talk? Oh, one last funny about? thing I'll point yeah. out is uh, I think they say at the top, um, does Scotty say, well, there's a rumor that, you know, I think is even maybe talking about the Franklin that it went out into space and a big green hand grabbed it. Or, you know, he talks <laughs> Someone about mentions he the reference green hand. to yes. a classic Star Trek reference. And then if you watch the credits, the credits. they do it. There's yeah. like a big gaseous. It's awesome. This movie, those credits, Star that Trek. credit sequence is dope. Too, it's, it's awesome. Like, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Imagery. 
And then they end with the classic uh, two lines that they re- recite, right? The, uh, you know, that the captain Space, traditionally the recites. Frontier, yep. Uh, yes. But it's the whole crew, you know, line by line. Yes, yes, lines. yes, yes. So that's great. Uh, they just needed the signature thing where they all yes. sign. That's um, probably the last time we saw each of them trade off a line of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't think yeah. that's been done. But yeah, I um, think great. Yeah, well. It's really good. Yeah, I think it's really good. We'll probably talk more as we do our, our full list of our, you know, our rankings. So I think now yes. is a good time to hop into the Wrath of Cobb quiz uh, right after this. Let's do it. Let's do it. The Wrath of Crawl. We're back here on Normies Like Us, where we're about to face our own little Kabayashi Maru. That's right. It's <laughs> the Wrath the of Cobb. test. Ah, yes. da, 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 You'll da, never da. be able to solve this. <laughs> Give me a bat um, leth real quick. I, <laughs> this is where I fight Mike to the death, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I want to do it with those um, Vulcan spades, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's right. A kit lift? So, what is that called? A oh, katana or something? You got maybe? that right. That's incredible. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> no. I yeah, sure, couldn't right. tell you off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, before I jump into the final Wrath of Cop, I just want to talk a little bit about the development of a fourth movie after oh, this yes, movie. Oh, yes, please. Um, the different iterations it's gone through because I did a lot of research in reading this and I was kind of amazed. Mm-hmm. So I just thought you guys might find this interesting. I didn't know oh, how facts. to fit it into the format of a quiz. So I'll just give I, you the, the facts. I remember yeah. one big one that I will shout out when you get to it. So sure. please go right there. Yeah. Well, so the major, so obviously this movie came out in 2016. Box office wise, it wasn't a huge hit. It wasn't the disappointment that Into Darkness, I think, was critically. So it, it was a modest, um, I guess you could compare it to the D&D movie of this year. Like, it didn't do mm-hmm. as well as they hoped, but they were kind of hoping that it would catch on in streaming or whatever. But it's just um, really good. It just, nobody watched it. The marketing, if I yeah. can just say, too, like, because of the 50th anniversary, it was all rain, but, yeah. like, it very much looked like the motion picture. Like, right. they yeah. wanted yeah. the hell out of this, too. They wanted yeah. it to do well. I remember seeing well, this all I, over. I the first, uh, the first trailer kind of had a bad reception because they leaned into the action of it all, and people were like, oh, this looks like, you know, just a stupid action movie. And then Simon Pegg was like, no, don't worry. Like, it's going to be great. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be very tricky. I remember them really being like, hey, tomorrow we're dropping a special look. It's going to blow people's mind. It's the villain. You're not going to believe what he looks like. And then the reveal that he was a full alien. People being like, oh. Yeah. Alien. So, yeah. They and they like in the first though. trailer, they of course did use sabotage, and people were like, "Oh, sabotage that's again!" Right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's that probably was a detriment. Actually, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think Into Darkness, the lasting impression of that movie, people are like, "I don't know." A third movie in this franchise it lived blah, up to blah. its name. It took the franchise right into beyond. darkness. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't go beyond this one. So that's that's what's ironic, I guess, about into this the depths. Movie. Yeah, but so. uh so obviously after this movie came out in 2016 they were they did want to make a fourth movie they were in talks they needed to renegotiate the actor's salaries of course because they signed on for a three-picture deal but let me just give you the year-by-year rundown of, of the different development updates that have happened over the years since 2016 so in 2017 quentin tarantino uh, yes. was like hey i have an idea i want to make a star trek movie and uh he pitched his idea to jj abram 
and it got to the point he had a full script written like it got further than i even thought like this that's wild uh, and I did read a little more about what his idea was. And it's it a whole planet. It's just giant feet people. They got big so, feet. They're <laughs> yeah. They're feet I everywhere. So I had said city on the edge of tomorrow. Was I wrong, Jacob? It was. Mm. He did want to. It wasn't that episode, but he did want to adapt an episode of the original series, an episode called A Piece of the Action, which is set on an alien planet with a, quote, Earth-like 1920s gangster culture. Oh, and he, he oh called it Pulp God. Fiction in Space. Uh, and this is what funny. does that mean? <laughs> I don't know, but he wanted to make it like a gangster movie for some reason. And he was very interested in the idea of the original series because he loved the original series. And he wanted to make this movie with this cast be a direct prequel to the original series. And then when J.J. Abrams oh. tried to explain the different timelines and stuff, he said, I quote, I don't understand this. I don't like it. And then J.J. Abrams said, okay, you can just ignore the alternate timeline stuff. Oh, so they were, he literally I wanted mean, to make it. It wouldn't yeah. hold tie your hands. I mean, he can do fucking whatever he wants, basically. Right. But just trying to explain to Tarantino that, like, this Kirk isn't the same Kirk that Shatner played. Like, he was like, nope, don't like it. Don't understand he, it. He doesn't appreciate Jeez. what I call the great solution. The fact <laughs> that these screenwriters really do do what I thought was a Herculean effort. That's... Yeah. I would have thought just from the craftsmanship, he would be like, oh, okay. He just wanted to make a, an original series. He just loved the original series and he wanted to make a That's movie with this wild. cast. Yeah. So it's obviously that wild. didn't happen, but he had a full script and everything as, you know, in 2017, he was like, I want to direct. Eventually that got put on hold. In 2018, another sequel to Beyond entered development. Um, now, this is interesting. Negotiations with the stars, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth, fell through. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this is my assumptions, but to me, that means they were doing something with time travel where yes. Kirk was going to team up with his dad somehow and was going to have Chris Hemsworth. That's kind of interesting. Yes, and two. this... Yeah. Basically, and this is the one I was aware of. Now, my opinion, Jacob, also leans positively towards that. And we should say, when we're talking about these, like contract renegotiations it's like yeah zachary quinto's like threatening to like go to the heroes revival or like another season of american horror story but you do have wonder woman uh knocking on the door of chris pine saying Mm. like well you know you could come here superheroes have entered the mainstream like there's a reason star trek beyond is not the biggest thing at the box office yeah and that's because chris hemsworth who abandons this franchise after 10 seconds on screen goes on to be a super mega star in a different genre. So to right. look at that and go like, well, let's just bring that guy back. That can does make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. The marketing would be very easy to be like Hemsworth and Pine teaming up two generations. Chris and Chris, yeah. Taika's wow. directing it. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see it now. for 2017. That would be make perfect yes. sense. It was. Um, the T doesn't stand for Tiberius. It stands for Thor. You are a son <laughs> it of stands for. It stands for uh, kicking your ass. Am I on the right ship? Yeah, it's like it's the funny <laughs> right. Hemsworth. You're like, oh, right, yeah. I don't know. I like directing. this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's um, the fucking Ghostbusters Hemsworth. You're like, no. But My dad was a goober. Negotiation yeah. falling through. Hemsworth apparently said he didn't like the script. So I thought that was interesting. Like he just said the script wasn't very good. So Sure. But I'm um, sorry, out. but Men in Black International, he was no, like, yeah, this thing is diamonds. <laughs> he just wanted to team up with Tessa Thompson. Yeah, I just wanted to hang Oh, they'd never Thompson. done a movie together, so. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Um, so that fell through 2018. 2019, Noah Hawley is hired to write and direct the new fourth movie. Now, Noah Hawley, most known for the Fargo TV show, as well as oh, he's sure. currently developing an Aliens t- TV show, hmm. um, like the Ridley Scott Alien franchise. Right. So he was attached to this for a while. 2020, that was that film was put on hold. 2021, Matt Shackman, uh, director of WandaVision, and now making the Fantastic Four currently, uh, was oh. hired in 2021. That film was given a 2023 release date. Uh, then in 2022, February 2022, they're working on negotiations for the actors. By August of 2022, Shackman leaves the project. The film is removed from the release schedule. Is that that is to go do Fantastic Four? Um, I don't know if it was specifically because of that or just there was no movement on the project. Sure. But right. what, okay. What's amazing to me, like when we started this franchise, this series watch, mm-hmm. I was hopeful that, you know, when we started back a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, it could have happened. The fourth movie of this, this, this franchise was slated to come out December of this year. So it would have been coming wow. out in like four months, right? Did, when we started this, had Wonder Woman 84 already come out? <laughs> That's a good know. question. That, <laughs> that might sure. be the thing that like changes the timelines in the yeah. middle of us recording this podcast. Mm-hmm. But since then, like, I mean, oh no, we won't get a sequel. Yeah. Round Chris Pine has said in interviews, like, of course, he said that thing about we need to do like a smaller, like a mid budget thing that really that hardcore Trek fans will like. It doesn't need to be an Avenger type. He box knows office. that yeah. superheroes fucked this up. Like he right. understands that like the Chris Hemsworth thing actually is kind of poisonous. Yeah. Yeah. And it when makes me sad rankings, because now he's be some talk about. Yeah. That. Yeah. It seems like he's going through the same thing with D&D where like that movie didn't need to be it shouldn't have needed to be like an a, a mcu level hit it should have just been like a mid-budget but i mean great movie so yeah um He's and watching. quinto has said like even just recently when i sent you those pictures of him meeting ethan peck and everything like at that trek convention he was like i'm not it's busy. been great you know, well, no, he's just said like, you know, the journey has been great, but I feel like I'm passing it to Ethan Peck now that role, but I'm open to do it. You know, if there is an offer, but sure. also I'm passing it on. So, right. right. Hey, you also much- shared that picture of Shatner meeting the other uh, Kirk. Yeah. You know, what I was thinking about, you know, how Shatner did Rocket Man and released that album. How has he not done a spoken word performance of Sabotage? <laughs> yes. Oh, you should absolutely God. do that. <laughs> That's he incredible. did make uh, Planet. Um, Shatner made a documentary a few years ago. This was during the cap kind of the height of the pine movie era, the captains that was featured like every star, every star Trek captain that had headlined the show plus Chris pine. Mm-hmm. And he would just have interviews with the, with the different people. How Very great interesting down and talking yeah. to me, William Shatner. How honored. That's basically him and Chris pine. His like his interview with Chris pine is like Chris pine, like, let me just give you some compliments. And Shatner's like, oh, that's great. I love compliments. <laughs> yeah, hey, do you think so. you'll ever go to space with Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> I think I will. Right. Um, yeah. So as of, you know, that's the last update. 2022. Uh, it's on hold indefinitely, not on the release schedule anymore, not in development. Actors are not under contract. But hey, it could still happen at some point. All right. Point. So there's an opportunity for the need director 
directors yeah and they need a screenplay i'm just saying there's an opportunity they're going to be negotiating for a while if we start working on ours wait till right of course we're not uh the, we're following strike rules of course we're of course we would rules, never so. work on it until the second we get hired now but yeah. look le- le- let's say real quick though uh strange new worlds they just announced is going to air on cbs they're they're Mm. going to pivot because of course they're out of programming they're going to broadcast a star trek series for the first time but otherwise paramount and jacob you brought this up about their financial troubles but to look at the year they've had where it's like dnd wasn't the return they wanted rise of the beast as well as they wanted lowest transformers ever mission impossible didn't do well they're not making a billion dollars on any of these, and then you go that like true? Rise to of the look Beast at them. The lowest Transformers is now the low. It's made worse less than, than Bumblebee. Bumblebee. It made less wow. than Bumblebee, mm-hmm. uh, which is That's so nice. heartbreaking. But when you look at them and say like, "Well, you need to spend a bunch of money and do a four Star Trek film," to them it's like <laughs> nobody's seeing any of our shit. It's like, what do you like? What yeah. do you want us to do? But if your budget isn't 300 million, then you don't need to sell 300 million at the box office just to break even. Like you could make a $150 million movie, Star Trek movie. And then if it made 300 million, then that would be a hit. I'm starting to think that maybe the executives who are getting paid a shitload to run these studios don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. No, they're all tech uh, (laughs) Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, the way they've handled this strike kind of proves that they don't know what they're doing. And. Uh, good, for, you know, good because I hope that they all fucking fail. Oh, burn the whole industry down! Yeah, we, we just have us. to go back to indies and Kickstarter. Fuck it, right? Yeah. Um. So that's the many iterations that the fourth Kelvin movie has gone through. Different people have been hired to develop and later fired or released from their contracts. So who knows what's going to happen? I would love another movie with this cast. Um, if only because this movie, it didn't feel like a proper ending to this franchise. Like no. it was a good installment, but I would, I need like a, a, uh, you know, undiscovered country where they're kind you, of putting yes. a bookend on everything. You yeah. really would have thought giving the, um, meta textual kickoff that is that first film to really separate themselves, that there would have been some huge mea culpa at the end of like the fourth film is they interact with those big brain beings, the Q collective, you know, some sort of fourth dimensional metaphysical thing that goes like, let us really question your place in the timeline. Let us, you know, correct maybe like maybe we'll reintegrate the timeline somehow or something. But no, they, they really never went that route ever again. Mm, what yeah. this did, if we never had into darkness, then we'll get to the quiz, I guess. Is it takes their their step into their own territory and it ends with yes. the Enterprise A, a brand new fucking thing, you know, for them. And it's like, now this is where we're at. This franchise is a whole new set of adventures and yeah. anything goes now, but we just don't get that. Yeah, I think there's still potential for another movie. I mean, it'll be over a decade if it gets made by this point, like it won't be coming out this year or next year or the year after that. So 2026 at the earliest it would come out. What if they do a Star Trek, the motion picture style, we're all too old to be well, in that's the Federation. Thing. They could still do that because even in this, even in beyond they're younger, like Chris Pine is younger in this movie than Shatner was in the first TOS movie. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not, is he the same age as he is in like the series? I would bet probably by that point, I would say, probably, yeah. I don't know. He's probably in his forties. Right. Cause I think he's, He's like yeah. late forties now, 
So he's getting older, but I mean, yeah. they made six movies with the original cast in their like fifties and sixties. So he's forty three. Forty three. Okay, Chris Pine little, is forty three. Wow, he's starting to gray a little bit, which is throwing me off. But he's oh. very sophisticated gray. You know, oh, he's looking good, that dog. <laughs> yeah. No, you could do it. Yeah, it's um, been ten years, but is there demand? And will they spend money? I don't know. And right and now, they don't want to spend any money. He's going to that crazy little town that Olivia Wilde lives in. What was that movie called? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Florence Pugh. Don't worry, Twisty, darling. Um, twisty. Don't worry. Thank darling. you, Mike. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> not a good movie. Um, don't worry, darling. I watched it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Um, no. Anyway. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's. Should we jump into this Wrath of Cobb already? Please, please. Let's wrap it. The um, shorter Wrath Kabayashi. of Cobb than we've had in previous The yeah, final yeah. Wrath of Cobb, we'll say. Wow. That's right. Bittersweet, but. It's got to be that way. Um, yep. Nothing lasts forever. Uh, okay. <laughs> Old Normie heads know uh, Mike and I are going to be asked what are basically a series of maybe true or false questions or something with corrective answers where we will either say true or false. Uh, and if you're watching at home, you'll see us uh, proving we're not cheating. Yeah. Doing a little right. system. A Vulcan does not lie. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. Question number one. Starting off with a banger here. Okay. Sophia Batella's character was originally written for Jennifer Lawrence. True or false? Hmm. What year is this again? 2016 or 20. It was filming in 26 or released in 2016. It was probably filming in 2015. Jayla is already a huge actress by that point. I feel like she's she's already already doing X-Men by this point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She had done Hunger Games. She was doing X-Men. Okay. Okay. You know what? Yeah. Actually, I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one, reveal. False. I said true on the basis that, is that true. they offered it. Yeah, but she didn't want to wear makeup because of Mystique. That's my guess. That's possible. I don't even know if they got to offering it to her, but it was originally okay. for her. And I'll tell you, the, the clue is in the name. Jayla was originally J-Law. J-Law. They were calling that character J-Law. Oh, shut the fuck up. So oh, actually, uh, Simon <laughs> Pegg. Simon that's Pegg. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh Simon Pegg God. was inspired after watching her in the movie Winner's Bone 2010, which is a great movie, by the way, hmm. uh, nominated for an Oscar for that role. Um, and it was kind of her breakout role, 2010. Uh, but Simon Pegg watched Winner's Bone, and she, he was like, I like this actress. Here's a quote from him. We were trying to create this very independent character, but we didn't have a name for it. So we just called it Jennifer Lawrence in Winner's Bone. Now, that's a long name. So it started getting tiring, always saying, well, Jennifer Lawrence in Winner's Bone is fighting here. So then we just started calling her J-Law, and then it just became J-Law. Because J-Law wow. is her nickname. That is yeah. like her pap paparazzi. That's so fucking right. dumb. I hate that. That's great. <laughs> That's you pretty that? wild. Um, J-Law. So the name is spelled. It, uh, is it? It's J- Her name is J-Law. J-Law. That's changed so crazy. They just put an H on it. Yeah. That's the clue. J-Law. I didn't, I didn't know letter. if you guys were going to get that or not. Um, but I don't, I, I don't even think they even got to the point of offering her the role because no. by that time she was a bigger star. Right. There's no wanna, way. Yeah. I just yeah. figured she'd be like, no prosthetics. But, but that's, Simon Pegg wrote what, it yeah. specifically for her. Yeah, if she's a funny. hot blonde woman, I will do it. <laughs> if she is anything else, yeah. not a chance. Yeah. Well, yeah, as we Mystique know from very X-Men, human as those series yeah, went on. Yeah. She yes. pretty much, oh. yeah, she got tired of the, the full body paint after one uh, I'm Raven. <laughs> your, your name is Raven? <laughs> the yeah. hottest blonde woman I've ever seen in my I life. Mean, okay. If you want to see a great actress phoning in some roles, watch uh, <laughs> X-Men uh, 
Apocalypse and yeah. X Men. Charles, uh, <laughs> Charles, Dark Phoenix. You're speak to me like that, yeah. Charles. Oh uh, man, my trailer. That's yep. a phone in role if I've ever seen one. But great actress. Um, all right, next question. Mm-hmm. Starbase. York I really Town. like that comedy she did this year. Go ahead, sorry. No hard feelings. Yeah, I I, yes. I saw that's on streaming. I'm going to watch that. Soon. It's very um, good. Starbase Yorktown was named after the original name for the starship in Gene Roddenberry's early script treatments of Star Trek in 1966. True or false? The York? The Yorktown. The Yorktown. Yeah. But it would have still been called the Yorktown? Yeah. The Starship Yorktown? Instead of the Enterprise, it was called the Yorktown. Starship Yorktown. Yes. True or false? Yorktown. Ready? Three, two, one, reveal. I revealed, but yeah. True. Yeah. That is true. True. All right. It's so it was the, the USS Yorktown or whatever. Yeah. What was like? It's the something point? Gene Roddenberry would say. He would be like, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it the Yorktown. And you're like, okay. I mean, I think it's a historical reference to something, but yeah. obviously the Enterprise is a much, much better name. So obviously I mean, when you well, they named a that. real shuttle after it. Yeah. Can you yeah. imagine if we called one of our spaceships the Yorktown? <laughs> right. Right. Like I think battleships and Navy ships, maybe. There's yeah. I think it was named there. after like a real ship from naval history or something, but I'm gotcha. not entirely okay. sure. But like in DS9, all the shuttles were named after uh, rivers, Earth yeah, rivers. Yeah. So you had like the Rio Grande and stuff. The so. Yangtze and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, next question. Fact. Next question. <laughs> William Shatner was originally going to have a cameo, true or false? Ish. <laughs> this movie. Oh, man. I uh, also used red matter. <laughs> You're like, no, 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 no. I'm voting with my heart. Wrong movie. Okay. <laughs> um, true or false? Three, two, one, reveal. False. False. That is false. Oh, okay. thank God. He <laughs> expressed interest in appearing, which I think I've read this wow. factoid about each of the last three movies yes. where he's expressed interest, but it just didn't work out. I would love uh, to be offered. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. How? <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure he was just jealous of Nimoy being in the first one. And then he was he like, should have just shown up. How can I get selling insurance or like travel? <laughs> yeah, stuff. right. Or a Boston lawyer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This oh, is God. the last um, picture we have of your dad. And instead of Chris Hemsworth, it's this guy <laughs> now. And you're like, I don't think that's what my dad looked like. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm glad um, that, uh, that didn't happen because this is yeah. a good movie. Next question. Bones. So Bones and Kirk's birthday toast in the beginning of this movie, your perfect eyesight in a full head of hair is a reference to Wrath of Khan. True or false? Eyesight in a full head of hair. He gets the glasses in Wrath right, of Khan. Right, right. I don't remember that exact line. That's maybe his birthday gift, even. That, that might also be a birthday scene between him and Bones. I, I believe it is, hmm. yeah. Hmm. I'm going to vote. I think I'm... I don't know. All right, ready? Three, two, one, reveal. I'm going to say false. I'm saying true. So we have a divide. That's true. So that's... Okay. A reference to Wrath of Khan when he he gets the eyeglasses as a gift in Wrath of Khan from Bones. And in this, they say perfect eyesight and a full head of hair. So it's a reference to Shatner wearing a toupee. And and you'll (laughs) never have a toupee. (laughs) What a piece of shit. What a dick to get in there. But what that shows Simon Pegg knew, like the behind the scenes and that there was a toupee and the glass. Like he he knew enough to make that joke or his writing partner either way. Like I'm sensitive to all this. You do not joke about the hair. Okay. Hey, look, John Luke Picard. Get some you know, he he let it all hang out. 
Get some you know, early hair toupee. Roman, whatever. Um, I don't know. But uh, okay, yeah. next question. All right. So that was that was true. Oh yes, and on a sadder toast-related note, I wanted to say so. Like you mentioned, when Kirk at the end proposes a toast to absent friends, mm-hmm. the next shot of the film, the very next shot is centered on Anton Yelkin. So, yeah, I don't know if that's something they just that changed in post sure. after he died. I'm or, sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they cut it that way. Yeah, very sad, but mm-hmm. uh, he's RIP. so good in this movie. It's crazy. I mean, set up to it's do crazy. so much going forward. Twenty-seven, like, way yeah. too young. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, next question. Uh, you haven't seen Green Room, listeners. Green Room, Whoa. great movie it's, starring. It's, it's incredible. It stars another Picard. captain. It yeah. stars a Star Trek captain who will not let the <laughs> the, the Semitic race survive. It's the mirror right. universe Picard, like the Terran Empire yeah. version of Picard from Mirror Darkly. Yeah, that's right. right. He's a very bad. Um, he has a goatee, Mike. You're right. He's in a Mirror right. Darkly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Chekhov got bring, sucked in there and is just trying to survive in regular Earth. Clothes. Bring me Chekhov. <laughs> yeah, that is a great movie, though. Um, and take me to my vineyard. Yes. <laughs> Next question. Quinto, Zachary Quinto almost didn't come back for this film. Is that true or false? Sorry, real quick. I thought you were giving Quentin Tarantino a nickname. Quinto. 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 And I got very confused for That's a second. That's my nickname. Star Trek character. Quinto. Quinto like, Tarantino. Who is Quinto in this movie? Quinto. Quinto. Zachary Z- Quinto. Did Zachary Quinto come back? He almost didn't come back. Almost didn't come back. Sorry. Okay. In, you know, I guess in tradition of Leonard Nimoy not... Sure. Right. Back for the TOS movies. But is that true or false? I'm ready. Where am I tricky? Locked in? Lock it in. Three, two, one. Reveal. I'm going to say false true. He me. seems like that kind of guy. Oh, really? That was a trick. It was false. Oh, man. I'm all day. Book. You would think guy. it would be Quinto. But actually, Carl Urban was actually considering not returning for this movie. What? What but eventually he... Zach's offer sheet <laughs> at that time period? Right. Well, that's but that seems to be like a dick move of like I got other stuff going on, and it's like you don't have anything going. <laughs> yeah. On. But what does Carl Irvin have going on? It didn't say why, but he was he considering not returning. MCU but eventually, movie. eventually, eventually, he agreed after a conversation with Justin Lin. So maybe he just didn't mm-hmm. like the direction the movies were going. Yeah. As a Star Trek he, fan, if we recall, he had nothing to do in Into Darkness, and Mike's yeah. right; he just starred in a Thor movie. So you're kind of like, okay, he's got the boys coming up, maybe in a yeah. few years with Simon yeah. Pegg. Yeah. Damn. Uh, yeah. Okay. It all comes um, together. I can I yeah, say so real quick? False. Watching him this time, I was like, I fully switched now to where I'm like, Bones has to show up on Strange New Worlds. Like, I sure. need this character. And he it should just has be Carl be Urban again. It, it should <laughs> maybe yeah. be that Carl Urban time travels to the Strange New Worlds timeline. <laughs> That's how yeah, then we explain that in the fourth feature film with both yes. those crews working Directed by to Quentin Tarantino. Home. Yes. yes. Yeah. Get yeah, right. it all together. Get, it's um, Bones to home. search for Spock. It's called Get Bones Home. Yeah, it's Bones a big home. family He's comedy. like E.T. You just treat him like an animal. Get Bones <laughs> Home. Yeah. But I was trying to quick trick you with the Zachary Quinto because uh, I was man. like, that seems like something he would do. That makes and sense. Ties into Leonard Nimoy like not coming, yeah, wanting to come absolutely. back for like the last three movies of that those movies. You should have no said he Zachary. he threatened to direct this movie yeah that what if zachary me. quinto directed that would um, be wild <laughs> but he directs a remake of three men and a little baby before it just to, like really get just really buying spot. into the nimoy the career yeah. he's like i don't know that you should do that 
Uh, all right, we're getting almost to the end here. Mike's uh, smoking. I'm me, by running the way. away with it right now. Yeah, I'm doing a good job of tricking Colin, I guess. Yeah. Um. So after Orchie dropped out as director, Edgar Wright was briefly considered to direct this movie. True or false? Edgar Wright. I'm voting with my about it, He was on ant-man at time dropped out of ant-man yeah, he is Maybe really stayed away up. from blockbusters mm-hmm. yeah he's flirted with them but stuck to his own thing eventually okay i'm here right. i'm locked on three two one reveal Sandra. true i got I like you guys that, that well that uh, actually was true sorry i didn't get you guys oh, oh, hey. it true. <laughs> <laughs> i forgot that fact um yeah briefly he was attached or considered uh before they had a a um, kind of a pool of like five or six names and Justin Lin was eventually one of them. So yeah, it just didn't work out with that. I think right. they made the right choice. I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan Frakes did, was interested in directing this movie as well uh, as a sort of another reoccurring thing. I heard you're looking for a Star Trek director. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonathan, we didn't let you direct your last one. We're certainly not letting you direct right. This last, although he's had a good uh, the director's chair, yeah, he's had a good career directing episodes of different shows. He's directed episodes of Discovery, Strange New Worlds, The Orville, Enterprise. Like ever since, I don't think he should be directing the Orville. That's like a factory at that point. But he can do TV. I don't know. He's even done the Orville, and he's done. He did the those old scientists was directed by him. So those old he's good at TV, but maybe not. Do you guys remember when he used to host the TV series Ripley's? Believe it or not, of course, yeah. That where he would just on the internet. That's kind of gone viral. Since you're wrong, saying that's wrong. We made that one up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> just a montage of all his his lines it's, and, it's yeah. yeah to me that just used to mean like my brother and i are desperate on a summer day home from school trying to find something to watch and we're clicking past jonathan frank's going like <laughs> his hands were this big and you're like yeah like sure. no like get away yes i love the the montage that meme has become like when you catch feelings and she doesn't like you it's like nope you were wrong <laughs> that was a lie yeah yeah <laughs> think again yeah anyway um yeah great stuff Definitely should have had him direct that so that's the end of the truth i, I have one Extra credit question. Okay. Now, I think Mike is winning 10. this by <laughs> a couple. Run away. But yeah. just for bonus credit, this is not a true or, true or false, but I want to see if you guys know the mm. answer to this. J-Law. Uh, J-Law. <laughs> <laughs> and this nice. is a question about our series, our trek through the stars that we've done over the past so many months. Can you guys tell me the month and year of the first movie that we covered the star trek the motion picture do you know what month we did that in and what year what month so, and what year 13 and i won't make you say definitely skipped months <laughs> so that's yeah. what makes it like much harder but how many did it's been longer skip? than 14 yeah it's been longer than a month. year and a month yeah so 23 22 okay i'm gonna say may 22. That's interesting. I was going to say February and really say early. Okay. You guys kind of bookended it. It was April 2022. Okay. Uh, okay. Dang. Right. One one away. Okay. Very close. Well, that yeah. was really close, Mike. Yeah. Wow. So it's been from April. It was so long ago. You know, our former co-host Joe was still alive. This is before his freak uh, transporter accident. That, <laughs> oh, God, oh, that killed him. I miss him so much. <laughs> yeah. Absent <day>. friends. <laughs> 
to have some friends. He might be still stuck in the pattern buffer. We don't know. But yeah. well, um, I heard he's drinking some alien goo to live longer. <laughs> he's just yeah, absorbing the life power. I, I heard he doesn't need to do it yet, but he's been doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of it's just thing. for fun. Yeah. Well, Jacob. Also, in this moment, I have a piece of trivia that I would Ooh. like to ask you guys a question, so you get to participate wow. this one time because I didn't know if it was going to come up. What a surprise! Say it. So okay. Get ready. Uh, the the ship, the USS the Wrath of Mike. Franklin. Yeah, the Wrath of Mike. Uh, Wrath the of USS Mike. Franklin was named after Justin Lin's father. True or false? Oh, oh. I think that is true, right? Oh, Frank Lin. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Frank Lin. It's, it's true. I'm going to say true. It's true. I may have read that in my research, but. Franklin, the USS Franklin. That's funny. Yeah, so it's funny. It's kind of a pun. And he said, like, his dad kind of introduced him to this stuff. And he's like, how cool is it that I can name it? But it also sounds like an old white president. So it's kind of funny how, like, he just snuck it right in there. It's it's me, Franklin. Franklin. Can I say something real quick just about Justin Lin? The fact that none of us on this episode were like, well, you know, what's this guy's bona fides? Like, how does he prove that he's a Star Trek, blah, blah, blah? I don't think you need that at that creative level. I think the person writing the script and in charge of all that stuff, you need to be a Star Trek super fan. But then yeah. you should get these outside people like our beloved Wrath of Khan director, Nicholas Stoller. Yeah. Uh, is that, was that his name? Nicholas, Did Meyer? I get that Nicholas right? Meyer. Nicholas Meyer. Who's Nicholas Absolutely. Stoller? Anyways, <laughs> but Nicholas Meyer who comes in and then is like, I will take what you did and figure out how to make it completely digestible by everybody. And I think yeah. that's what he's really good at, Lynn. So. This really is the Wrath of Khan remake. Like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think he's a good journeyman director, kind of like I don't want to make that sound like an insult. Like he's a, he, can no. take, he can take a franchise and make a really good installment of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, and I mean, just look at Fast and Furious and make a lot of money generally, but not yeah. this one. But it's a solid. And he basically name. saved that franchise. I mean, after Tokyo Drift, they're like, "Yeah, let's get this guy, bring him back for a, you know, for the main series." And he kind Fast of led might that. Be like one of my favorite ones. With yeah, safe. You know, I can't remember all the ones out. he's done. I know he's did nine and seven. I think. I mean, James Wan did one James in Wan there. Does the one? Um, I think he eight. maybe does seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was okay. gonna say he Somewhere maybe does the one where what's his face leaves, but or yeah. leaves dies. <laughs> yeah, who can keep track? Not yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> that was a great quiz, you know. And to that was it. great, Doug. Thank era. you for putting those together. So we've it was been a lot of fun. Journey. Yeah, we're we're going. Yeah. We're running long episode for you guys today, but we're going to want to do our ratings. Our final we're wrapping up a journey. year and a half journey, and of course, mission. it's going to be a longer episode. That's right. This is a party, and we're happy that you're here partying with us. So we're going to get over right. kind of our final rankings of this whole series journey, and uh, yeah, final thoughts after that. Uh, normies like us, engage. here on normies like us it's a classic five act trek episode it's a classic five act normies like us where we're finally wrapping up here giving our final thoughts on star trek but we're not just talking beyond we're talking beyond beyond because we're talking the entire star trek franchise which we've been covering on our route here uh to finish up talking all the theatrically released star trek films we're gonna rank them 
right now. Yep. Wow. And we've included Galaxy Quest as um, That's an right. adoptive of member of the family, being very closely related. So that'll be in there too. Yes. We'll put this all in the see how high Galaxy Quest is on your guys' list and where the first TNG movie ranks and where the first or the highest TNG and the highest Kelvin movie ranks for you. Yeah. If you're like me, because. You yeah, know, you kick it off. What's your number one? Mine. Maybe we'll just go our one. Yeah. Just we'll go down the ladder. <laughs> I mean, my number one, it's Wrath of Khan. Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, number one. Anybody else have a number one Pretty Khan? Simple. I had a number one Wrath of Khan. That's where I landed with that, too. Wow. Colin, I'm going to agree. Colin going against the grain, right? I'm going to guess guys... Collins oh. is Galaxy Quest. The Voyage Home. <laughs> Mike no was wrong. correct. It's Galaxy Quest. Oh, oh, oh my God. Number one, the best Star Trek movie. Come on, guys. We're at the cons up there. What, what has you guys putting that as the number one Star Trek film? To me, that's just the quintessential. I mean, look how much we've talked about it with these other movies paying homage to that movie. I mean, it's iconic. It kind of changed the whole course of the franchise for Star Trek. I mean, it's the one thing that pretty much saved it after the show being canceled, motion picture being kind of a box office dud. Warm. Um, yeah. Wrath of Khan came out. Everyone loves it. And Star Trek is a franchise to this day because of that. And look how the Kelvin movies and other movies have kind of borrowed themes and plot, you know, elements and stuff from Strange that. New World has so. done it too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, that's kind of where I put it. Like I had to be respectful of the other 12 movies in this franchise that it had to be a Star Trek movie, at least at the top. And I think Wrath of Khan is just mm. so sophisticated and it has such like an impact on the franchise, as you said. And, it's Shakespeare. So it sounds it's, like it's the best yeah. part of TOS crew media original cast that's ever been made. I think you know. So it sounds like your number two is Galaxy Quest. Oh no, that's not potentially. True at all. Oh okay. I just said I couldn't um, put it at number one. I I was interested. I, Colin, I knew I thought yeah, why Galaxy Quest would be pretty high. Number one, yeah. Colin, I would like to hear your. I think it really comes down yeah, to it's like a love the, letter. It's a love letter. It's what Brent Spiner's saying where he's like, it's the Star Trek film that doesn't exist. Like, it's it's the one. It nails it. It skewers all of us. It's maybe the reason I like this whole franchise. I definitely saw it before all this other stuff. And it just it makes me think about the people I love laughing about the thing I've come to love. Sure. That's great. Yeah. It's it's got your favorite actor, Tim Allen. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, his opinions on politics are mainly what I'm there for. <laughs> He's my North Star for that kind of stuff and Last for turning in people who sell cocaine. Yes. I've always been on his side with that. Narcs, yeah, he's a snitch. And you got to love you that. You have to snitch on your suppliers. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, interesting. Number two. I'll say number two. Well, I'll say my top three, they're all TOS hmm. movies. And my number two. It's a toss-up between these two. So can I just give you my two and three together? Because they're kind Please. of 2A and 2B. Yes. Voyage Home and Undiscovered Country. Four and Love six. It. Love it. The classic, you know, even tracks are good, odds are bad. Um, four, love the, you know, the whales, the whales yep, of it all, absolutely. the time travel. Star Trek four, and then yeah. Undiscovered Country, I think, is a great uh, movie, you know, about diplomacy and the Klingons and stuff. And uh, the return of Nicholas Meyer, and I think it's a lot of fun. Now, nice. Mike hinted at this up top, but six was the one where I was looking at this list and going, what the fuck happens in that movie? Like, what? Yeah. Oh, what really? Is? And can I ask you guys, is that the one with David Bowie's wife? Is that where, is Amon a number six? Wait. Or is that five? No, that no, was that's six because they go to yeah. the prison. Yeah. The, the they Klingon, go to the prison uh, planet. Yeah. She's the shape changer. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah. That's also the one with um, what's her name? Sex in the City. Kim Cattrall. Uh, <laughs> She's got those crazy right. feet. Oh, geez. yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. put that up there. J- Jacob, the whales is one of my favorites, and this mm-hmm. one as well is absolutely one of my favorites. I, I yeah. feel you. Those are great choices. How's it go? They're very fun. TOS top three because I think the wow. TOS movies overall much better than TNG movies. As much as I like TNG as a show, the movies we can all agree were a little weaker. So. TOS. So here's where I'm at. My top three are all TOS related, but one Mm. of them is a Kelvin movie, and my second favorite in this thing is Star Trek Beyond. Wow. Wow. That's my number two. I think it's the one that I could have, like, besides Wrath of Khan, I would have the most appetite to just watch randomly. I could just throw Mm. it on, and I think I would like it. Same thing with Wrath of Khan. So that's my two. Uh, I don't know. Voyage Home. Voyage Home, Pretty I know good. LDS and stuff, but LDS. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll find out where it ranks for me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but Colin, what's your two? Well, I want to hear your three right after this because Mike, yeah. I almost wonder if we're exactly the same. If I took Galaxy Quest away, my number two guess. is Wrath of Khan. Oh, okay. I mean, come on, it's it's the classic. My yeah. number three, Star Trek Beyond. It's a little film we talked about today. So, wow. I also have a Kelvin in my top three. Gotcha. Okay, look. At you that. guys both yeah. have beyond higher than me but i have it pretty high do you have any other kelvin film above beyond jacob no it's okay. my favorite kelvin so this film. is the best Kelvin. okay so we're at yeah. least agreed on that yeah. this is the best Kelvin. yeah and we think khan is the best tos film yes 100 percent. and galaxy quest across is the board all, according to Colin. Yes. so should we just right. <laughs> do we want to go number by number for each of these or just kind of no, just Maybe start reading them, them together off, or something. Just go yeah, I guess it. so. Yeah. yeah. Well, but what was your number three, time. Mike? What, oh, yeah, what my do you, number what three, do you have? Sorry, right? yeah. My number three is the motion picture. A little boring. The motion, the motion picture. picture. Let me paint a picture for you. <laughs> after That's watching, surprising. After yeah. watching all of these. still picture. Better be in motion. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. After watching all these and even the Kelvinverse and the way we get into CG and the ships and there, there's just something about how chill... And the ship porn, building those models, some of those yeah. beauty shots of that thing and just the craft. And like, there's just something about it being boring. And it's like a Star Trek movie that they were willing to release that is boring and very right. Star Trek. And it's it's just important for like the craftsmanship, I think. Sure. Um, and it was true to its roots, even if it didn't hit with like major audiences. It's just something important. about. Well, that it. is... Very it is the ultimate laser that. light show. And I was thinking yeah. about it the other day. Jacob, you were doing something recently where you saying you couldn't pay attention to watching something. And in my mind, I kind of thought, you know, the ultimate film to put on when you're kind of in that state oh, sure. would be the original motion picture <laughs> yeah. because it's yeah. just weird stuff <laughs> happening. Mm-hmm. There's some charm with it. It's a Sunday afternoon, like yes. lazy day thing, and it's important. It's, for, there's like almost no dialogue. Like it's just kind of like slow and weird. We misread yeah. a satellite. Like we misread <laughs> yeah. a satellite. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, anyway, that's my number three. Yeah. Mike's putting Vijer above everything Vigor. else. <laughs> I put Vijer above that. That is very I'm surprising. Sorry. That I mean, it's not my least favorite of the TOS movies, but it's not. I'm framing it from a filmmaking film history standpoint. It's important. Yeah. Sure. And you you love that guy who was the production designer from 2001 or the (laughs) editor or whoever made it, right? What was that guy? Who made the ship? I think he directed the movie, right? Oh, 
I can't remember the name. I of the can't director. remember at this point. I can't remember. But Jacob, um, read just read the rest of your. Yeah, let me just, read mine off. Maybe the right through. That's smart. And fight, fight for a cup. Top when three you hit was one. Fun. Yeah. You're like, I know this is weird, but here we go. Yeah. Right. So it's Wrath of Khan, Voyage Home, Undiscovered Country. Top three. Four is Star Trek: First Contact, the first TNG film. Okay. On my list. Then five is Galaxy Quest. Then six is Star Trek Beyond. So my t- top six. So I had. You know, three TOSs, then I have one, the best TNG in there, Galaxy Quest, and then the best Kelvin, uh, okay. top six. Seven is Search for Spock. I think that's a pretty good one. Well, that's and like eight, we're getting ah. the bottom half. Yeah, like seven. Yeah, at this love point, hearing it. There's kind of a drop off, but it's Search for Spock. Then eight is Star Trek 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, nine, you guys are going to, so there's, there's going to be some quibbles here, but my right. ninth favorite Star Trek movie is uh, Star Trek Nemesis. Wow. Uh, that's <laughs> wild. That's that really is, wild. Yeah, it's, that's way It's up Nemesis, then Generations at 10, Star Trek The Motion Picture at 11, Insurrection at 12, Into Darkness at 13, and then The Final Frontier at 14. Wow. So those bottom five, they're all, or those bottom six, they're all pretty bad to me, but... Insurrection's the age planet? Yes. Uh, Okay. Yeah, 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 that's my yes, least yeah. favorite TNG. Like, yeah. I put, oh, I put Nemesis definitely. above Generations and Insurrection. In I believe opinion. we posed in that episode: Would you rather watch Insurrection again or the original motion picture? Right. And I think we were all kind of like, mm, except Mike was like, "No, I know my answer." I have. Yeah, I think I have it higher than I any of yeah. you. <laughs> motion sure. picture, I have pretty low, but I still have Final Frontier, my least favorite, which is the Shatner directed. Let's meet God yes. one. Yeah. Um, right. right. I didn't like that one, and I have that one lower than Into Darkness. Okay, it's just boring with this one. Yeah. So that's my list. Do you want? You guys want to read your list? Yeah, Colin, I need to make an adjustment, please. Well, I'm um, gonna hit it then. Yeah. I said before, Galaxy Quest number one, Rathicon, Star Trek two at number two, Star Trek Beyond number three. Now I'm agreeing with you, Jacob. It's all very similar lists. I'm sure. going whales. I'm going for voyage home. We got a voyage home. And number I will say five. Oh, please go. If ahead. I can interject, I originally had Undiscovered Country ahead of Voyage Home, but recently changed Voyage Home to higher because mm. I think, you know what? It's just a fun movie. Oh, nuclear my, vessels. Yeah. Nuclear yeah. vessels. I, I believe I, we've talked off pot about this, but to listeners, I purchased the screenplay of Voyage Home. I'm so excited about it. And I finished it recently. Yes. Very good. Okay, Nicholas Myers cool. is very good. Y'all. Sure. It's, it's always the best. That's um, great. At five, I've got six. Uh, Undiscovered Country. Again, just a great film. Mm-hmm. Number six, I have the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek film. Okay. Number seven, First Contact, so I'm hitting some TNGs there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number eight, we're searching for Spock. Great. Totally. Number nine, Into Darkness. Number 10, Generations. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number 11, The Motion Picture. Number 12, Mm -hmm. Insurrection. Number 13, uh, Final Frontier. And then we're going with the lowest of the low. What would Tom Hardy say? Tom Tom, my friend, I, I would say put your symbiote away. It's t- We don't need him out right now. I have to tell you, you're in the worst Star Trek film of all time, Nemesis. Yeah. Wow. That is also my bottom entry. Number 14 is also Nemesis. I'm with you That's there. That's crazy. So you have inter- Into Darkness a lot higher than me. I have Nemesis a lot higher than either of you guys. Right, right. I'm thinking about maybe dropping Into Darkness now. Sure. I, I'll, yeah, let me go through my list then. So yeah. the top three was Wrath of Khan, Star Trek Beyond Motion Picture. Number four is Galaxy Quest. 
because okay so i had I galaxy quest at five yeah, so i was the lowest on it but it's i still, still had it five, five and i had yeah. beyond six and i was the lowest on beyond but i still had it pretty high yeah and then um i have first contact is five because it's like i like that it's goofy uh, yeah time travels Efren cochran not perfect and i'm just so attached to the tng crew that it had to be in the top five it's the best tng sure. one but that's right before another goofy time travel movie voyage home uh number six and then another mediocre time travel movie at number seven star trek 2009 wow. and then it just becomes undiscovered country uh search for spock insurrection the final frontier at 11 generations at 12 into darkness at 13 and nemesis at 14 i think generations is bad well yeah generations okay. is yeah let's transition into final <laughs> thoughts because here's what yeah. i want to say about that i have into darkness right above generations and jacob saying that thing earlier about kirk being like never let them take the chair away from you really i was like i should yeah. watch generations you have tonight. kirk meaning picard just that for that how, alone but yeah. here's the thing Here's how brainwashed I am by this franchise. And I'm so glad we did this long form experiment. But when I'm saying like, oh, I don't even really remember what goes in that one. Yeah, it's like a funny, silly thing to point out. And that is how it goes when you watch a lot of these films. They get repetitive. You get a little detached, whatever. But the joy that I feel to immediately... Let's just have a little debate about generations or nemesis or some like some of these I have closed the book on. I I will maybe never watch Insurrection again. There's maybe <laughs> never a point for me to do that. But some of these other ones, I'm like, I we've said it this whole franchise. These are my friends, like my old sure. my old crew, especially when I see those old timers. I'm like, oh, it's my grandpa and my Grammy, and they're gonna like yeah. tell me a little story. Mark yeah. Seven. yeah. I Marshmallows. Think that's like, the TNG <laughs> I mean, movies, charming. Overall, are not good. Like first contact no. aside, like they really did not do well with the movies with TNG. But I still like that cast and I like that show. But the TOS movies, man, those six movies, even Final Frontier, which I don't like at all. The motion picture is kind of boring, but I still like it. Like. I, you know, I just love those movies. It's just solid. And gold, you guys you know? have said, yeah. if you're going to watch TNG movies, that there are two parters that you would recommend a million to like the wolf mother yeah. or whatever that the one that ends with best of both worlds one and two. There's some good cliffhangers okay. and yeah, I would just watch the show because TNG, the show is better, but the movies belong to TOS and even the yes. Kelvin cast. Um, yes. I'll mm-hmm. take the Kelvin cast over the TNG movies for sure. And maybe some um, of that comes from the amount of success with Rathacon and the other old scientist movies that they're able to mine some of that stuff for the Kelvin movies. You know, they're not yeah. doing it from scratch, but TOS, those movies. Well, that's what's interesting. And I TNG. wonder, so we've now had three iterations of some of these these old scientists, TOS characters like yep. Kirk and Spock and Uhura, et cetera, Scotty. Um, will we that's ever see recast Picard and... Uh, Riker and Deanna Troy. Will we ever see a reboot of TNG? I don't think there's ever going to be an opportunity. Yeah. I I mean, what would you do? Like get um, James McAvoy to be fucking Picard. (laughs) Right. And (laughs) and to do what? To tell what stories? Like we've already seen the conclusion of Picard's arc in Star Trek Picard. We've seen old man. I want to keep flying in space. He's done it. I'm trying to figure out why it is that the, the TOS characters are so ripe for like reimagining with the pine cast. And now with Ethan Peck and we have no memory. That was a little before our time. So we're less attached. Yes. 
Yeah. That could be. I will also use this opportunity to point out IDW, uh, which is a comics publishing company, has a shit ton of, I, I haven't read them, but supposedly awesome Star Trek comics that are coming out right now. Mm. A currently ongoing Strange New Worlds one, but they're also about to launch a new series that you might like, Jacob, called Picard's Academy, which is his time mm. at the Academy. Oh, that's what they do. That to me that's is like the only, Starfleet you just, yeah. yeah, you just... Do For the real uh, nerds out there, there is, of course, is a lot of novels and things written. Um, I don't know how accepted they are as canon. It's kind of like Star Wars where they, they're the extended canon it's, or whatever. It's but, like when they're doing it, they're like, we got the full license, but then immediately it's all just thrown away. Yeah. They're like the minute they want to do something else. But there's a lot of all of it. A yeah. lot of novels that take place post DS9 and Voyager um following picard and different ds9 characters and stuff following the uh dominion war and stuff and what picard's doing uh riker's now a captain of his his ship this uh, uh stargazer or whatever um was it the stargazer i can't remember yeah, um stargazer uh and i've oh, read it's a titan right the titan yes so i have a novel that i've been somewhat reading uh but it takes place so it shows picard and it shows riker and it shows um the D- the dax the new da- esri dax from season seven of yes uh, nine strangely Boo. enough yeah <laughs> but anyways there's a ton of ext- extended lore in the novels and stuff if you're interested in that side of things just wanted to shout that out as well yeah but i mean as far as the movies what this journey is centered around i think we all kind of agree tos era that's the sweet spot like i only put first contact in top five because i love tng don't go and seek that out like just watch i still like i think first contact is a good movie first contact is a good movie but it's you know that's the only one tng made that was that's the only one i would actually recommend to somebody if i wasn't force feeding it to them you know so yeah tos rules kelvin movies were hit or miss although you know with they hit star trek 2009 was yeah, they Same have life. one decent one, one bad one, and one good one. So it balances out to pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Even odd, even odd, even odd. Pretty good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what a journey, though. I am surprised how, you know, different our lists are, but it's weighted by yeah. personal experience and preference. But uh, we definitely right. all have kind of agreed. Con is you didn't have to take the journey with us, but mm-hmm. if you did, we want to know what were your favorite Trek films? That's yes. right. All my nemesis fans right out there. Shout out Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's a listener to this <laughs> podcast. Wow. I hope so. Oh, Jacob, I thought the one starring the bloke from Peaky Blinders was mad brilliant. <laughs> You're like, oh, we know it's you, Tom. Boy, it's me. Idris Elba, Boy. mate. In it, oh, I'm from London. In it, call me Luther. Oh, I thought that Luther. bloke was a great actor. <laughs> okay, we're so good at British accents; it's amazing. Yeah, we are. Um, but normies, it's been you know a real pleasure doing this series. It has. Should we tease our next series well, that we're going to be doing? You our could say journey. we're going on. Another voyage. Another voyage. You another might voyage. Say. <laughs> another ship with another captain. Look. And another crew. <laughs> Look. A five-year Here's mission. Here's the thing. <laughs> How long? It, it really might be. No, this one's going to be much shorter. We are going to yeah. go through just five movies. We are going to be doing the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Now, wow. mm-hmm. Normies, 
<laughs> we know this is a little bit of a lightning rod. We why? did the Harry Potter. Tell well, me why. Because <laughs> <laughs> Richard Beltran. <laughs> we did the Harry Potter films back in the day. We danced around JK, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had all of our guests on. And we, of course, gave money to and, and every episode plugged. Every project. Um, trans health op, uh, organizations and all right. that sort of stuff. We're going to be doing the same with women's shelters. We're, we're going to be mm. putting in a plug to to some domestic violence funds as well. Um, that is not us appeasing ourselves of this guilt. It is us acknowledging the uncomfortableness of the situation, I think, which yeah. is something we are going to hit head on. And then if that makes you uncomfortable, we promise as those films progress, the discussions on that certain instigator will be less and less. So, mm-hmm. yeah, correct. Well, I'll be very interested to talk about these movies. I mean, my general impression is I really like the first movie in this franchise and then all the rest of them after that, I didn't really care for. Don't really um, remember. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a franchise that to me has one good movie, a bunch of sequels that I can't remember at all. Um, so I'm looking forward to revisiting, especially Curse of the Black Pearl, which I think yes. I still watch all the fucking time because yes. it holds up so well. So I'm it's excited to our one. generation. It's incredibly important for filmmaking and what it did. And apparently yeah. I'm just a fan of pirates because there is another <laughs> pirate uh, oriented piece of media that we are going to be doing an episode. Yes. On. So I apologize. Like that I'm Galaxy so hard for pirates. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's no, Pirates Oh, yes, great. we will have an, an extra episode on the yeah. Pirates. You did pitch one that's Well, Pirates yes, in yes, yes. popular culture, I mean, yeah. they kind of, they're you know, there are pirate movies made back in the 60s and 70s. Well, we're going to do Cutthroat Island, right? Cutthroat yes. Island, yeah. <laughs> but they kind of were <laughs> known as Box Office Bombs mm-hmm. until 2003, yes. Curse of the Black Pearl rejuvenated Notorious. the pirate uh, yeah. Genre, I guess. So we'll just brought back blockbusters in a, in a really yeah, good and, way. So. And it's you know the the only successful ride movie, you know. Yeah, unless yeah. you've seen the new Haunted Mansion, right? Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Come on, Big yeah. Thunder Mountain. Is that what what <laughs> them's called? Matterhorn. Where's the Matterhorn Cer- movie? Certainly, The Rock owns these other IPs. <laughs> the Rock, yeah. In teacups, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> But really, it did come out at a time, you know, Lord of the Rings at the time. Yes. Re- really started my interest in movie making. And I actually owned The Curse of the Black Pearl on DVD. I would watch the behind the scenes stuff content on those all the time, like Lord of the Rings. And there was a yes. ton of like making of behind the scenes stuff that was really interesting. Yes. So there's a lot of that in those movies for sure. It's going to be I really can't wait. It's, yeah. it's something we wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. And we're just, there's not really going to be an opportunity otherwise, which is what we look for in these long form. Even though a Star Trek, I believe we did eight other Star Trek episodes <laughs> while watching the movie. That's right. <laughs> That's, you know, required by law that we speak about yes. the good Star Trek. But I, I'm this, we're closing. This is kind of an unofficial Star Trek podcast, and we are closing the book. So <laughs> at it this is point. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, we'll talk lower decks at some point. We'll talk. Yeah. Strange New World Season 3, whenever that yes. comes out, assuming these strikes are resolved, resolved. at some point. If it does. New season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I guess when the new Michelle Yeoh Section 31 thing comes out, we'll, we'll talk sure. about that. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Like Starfleet really Academy. About Picard. I'm excited for you to explain that to me on a watch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Any final thoughts on this movie, though? Star Trek Beyond. 
I'm just kind of beyond disappointed that we're not getting a fourth one anytime soon. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what really it. sucks. Because it's 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 so fun. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, Enterprise A, and I just I want more. And I'm just not. We love get Chris it. Pine, the best Chris. We love Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. I would kill for Ninja Turtles a D and D sequel. Chris. Yeah, and a new Star Trek with this cast. I mean, I would love Man. either one of those things. Please. So. Yeah. <laughs> Is he not a big movie star? Are we wrong about these things? I... He, I think he is, not. but I don't know. He just had bad luck with IPs, I guess. But D and D should have been a bigger hit. And maybe if that movie came if, out after no. Baldur's Gate three came out, it would have yeah. done well. There's yeah. a chance like, that they know spend that. the money on it because they're making so much on Baldur's Gate. They're like, yeah, maybe more D and D re-release. Well, and yeah. they'll do another entry into the Don't Worry Darling cinematic universe. Oh, of course, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't wait for Harry Styles to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe for this movie, too, those jackets are the second best uniforms in a Star Trek movie after yes. the Red Monster. Those mm, jackets yeah, from the sure. Franklin are the second coolest fucking <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uniforms. Yeah. It's hard. I, I know the, the TNG, monster, when they had the DS9 era TNG movie costumes, I mean, I, I'm just nostalgic for that the era zip, of Star uh, Trek. But yeah, yeah the like the gray shoulders. shirt with the, the yeah. colored undershirt. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Not as cool as All that right. jacket. No. If <laughs> you've been listening along, is, yeah. we appreciate it. Let us know all your thoughts on the Star Trek franchise. Hit us up. It's something we want to talk about. We would love Absolutely. to get more continued info. If you're somebody who's like, I like this movies, I don't like these types. Hit us up. Tell us that. Add normies underscore like underscore us. Rate, review, subscribe to the show as well. That helps us out a ton while you're there and hit up our YouTube page where Jacob's uh, putting these awesome videos up. Absolutely. That's right. And uh, do you have any ideas for what we could do after our pirates series? Ooh, right in. Going from this to arc. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we might be out of ideas after this. So probably (laughs) send us your ideas. Spock to Jacques. Um, (laughs) But until then, we've been your host. This is Kolonov. I just got sad thinking about him. Uh, I love you. Jeez. Uh, Bones McCoy. And this is, I'm not going to do Commander Jock, but for the last time, Captain Jacques-Luc Picab. Hey. Signing off, normies. Wow. Signing off. We have group. and shall always be your hosts. That's yeah. Right. We'll you see time. you uh, beyond the stars. Live long, long and prosper. prosper. Mm. <laughs> Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!